Welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky, Yerky Boys. Boys. Uh, that seemed a little rushed over there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just a little amped up because I uh, I didn't eat anything today, <laughs> and I'm excited to start. Right. I'm trying yeah. to force the energy out. Okay, good. Yeah, get hype. Uh, yeah, I'm getting this, hype over here. This this is book 32, The Separation. Holy crap. <laughs> when did this one come out? July 1999, baby. July, the midsummer book over here. Ooh, yeah, all the kids are coming from summer camp, and they're excited to check out the Walden books so they can pick this one up. And they're seeing, oh, they're seeing... It's summer fun on the cover of this book right here, but well, that's I, that's getting ahead of ourselves. We're not there it's yet. Getting, definitely getting ahead of ourselves. We are nowhere near ready for the cover. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, no. but it is summer fun. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not snowy and icy outside. It's uh, it's the sun is shining. It's a gorgeous day. We're at the beach. <laughs> yeah. And who's? I'm gonna add wave sounds, ocean sounds to the back of this. Oh, good. <laughs> part of this podcast. Whose name uh, is is on the cover of this book, and did they actually write it? That that yes, on on the cover of this book, as always, it says K. A. Applegate, and this is a K. A. Applegate book. This is this is <laughs> wow. our last our last main series K. A. Applegate until the very end. Like and the last... and Michael Grant, come on. Sure, I just sure. don't want to. Seropedias lists them both. <laughs> We don't listen. I don't. I don't want to. I believe split that the men deserve of a credit. Woman. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> That's the difference between. Oh, you don't. Oh, I, oh interesting. You don't want to split the woman. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. you're right. That's. Uh, we might learn some lessons about that today. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot going on today. <laughs> now, um. Yes. yes. So, so the the yes. last, the only other K Applegates we're gonna have until the the conclusion of the series are gonna be the Chronicles and the Megamorphs. This is this is it. We we are going out on this one for the main series. This is her her last little contribution, a little gift for you. A little gift, and I have I have to say I did not look up. I think you actually said it last week, but but I, maybe. But I didn't look up. I didn't remember that this wasn't a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Until after I read it, and I definitely had a note or two while I was reading it saying, uh, "I feel like some things would be different if Kay Applegate wrote this book, <laughs> but she did." So, uh, meeting crow on that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have a couple of notes about that that are probably gonna, is best saved for the end of the book. But yeah, not. I'm not going to even say people might say construe this as a bad thing or a negative mm-hmm. comment I, uh, negative or positive I don't know but I did feel like in some ways this book read like a ghost written book <laughs> but I, I don't I, I mean, I'm not going to say what say, I mean by that okay I, I'm not going to uh, give too much away because we'll we'll, uh, we'll go through this here but um, <laughs> no I will spoilers. say for your for your benefit going in this book uh, is as far as I can tell, fairly universally disliked among the Animorphs fandom. 
Interesting. Yeah, people do not like this one. It has been my experience. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have some some huh. notes as to why I think that is at the end, and but we'll we will talk about it. And uh, I I will say I on this reread, uh, keeping that in mind, one of the things that I did want to do was I. I really wanted to make sure that I'm giving this book the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to go into this being like, oh, yes, this is the bad book that I'm supposed to dislike. You know, I want to go in here and uh, and and try to assess it on its own merits and give it credit where credit is due and all that stuff. Yeah, and you know I'm just a babe here, so I had no preconceived notions yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that because that, that's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> I didn't even remember what the title was <laughs> until I finished reading it. So I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. <laughs> right. The separation uh, because her, I thought, about her parents' divorce. <laughs> damn right? it. You got there first. <laughs> God damn it. But uh, well, here's – I just have one little bit of business before we can just get right mm. into it, I think. Yeah. Because there's you – know, By right into right, it, you mean right into this, the summer into the cover. cover. Yeah. yeah, into the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, here's the – things are going to get a little complicated to start. Oh, boy. <laughs> a little messy. Oh, no. O- only because – well, I don't really know how what's going to happen next week. I just don't know what's going to happen next week. Mm-hmm. But I have a post-it – I don't remember if you said this on pod or off pod. But I have a post-it note on my monitor for all the little notes I keep for the, that we talk about. Yeah. W- one of the, one oh. of them is that you – you wanted me to write a, a specific type of parody song for next, I believe it was for next week's book, right? Uh, 30, 33? I had suggested that it might be a good idea. Right. You don't have to. Right. But a specific, a specific. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, we can just say it was a, a Taylor Swift parody song. Yes. Which and I've and done if you, before. if you know, you know, and if you don't, well, you'll find out why next week. Right. Like you, so, you don't know. <laughs> Right. I don't I don't I don't know, but but here's the here's the issue, here's the complication. Mm. Is that I just can't I, I am not in control of when inspiration does or does not strike. Mm, when the muse hits you. When yeah, exa- the muse works in mysterious ways as I often right. say. Right. That's one of my go-to things that I say. Yeah. And uh in in, in this case for this book Wish the we were on go one. What? Keep going. Don't listen to what I say. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to this later, and I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> I, the muse hit. The muse hit me for this book. <laughs> Whoa! Holy shit! So maybe it won't hit you next book then. I don't know. It's a book it's, early. It might be. It might feel redundant if it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> but but what I'm going to do and uh, is play a little snippet of something that will make more sense if you have already read uh, the story oh, of this no. book. But if you haven't, that's okay. You'll understand as you go along. Here, okay, take okay. A, take a listen to some of this. Here we go. You... With your literal knives and claws and talons that you use against Yerks, you have threatened me with death again, got me crying like a baby, you 
With your words unkind, you're a bully shouting and hurting my feelings. You literally killed a man. Well, you think Jake is lame. Our cousin's real cute, though. But we don't know about Marco. Someday I'll be shopping in a big old Macy's and all your ever gonna be is mean Rachel Someday I'll be planning things and utilizing reason and all you're ever gonna be is mean Rachel Why you gotta be so mean Rachel Okay, so <laughs> there you go There's my little Thank you <laughs> There's my little song for this week, and uh, as as always, the full version of that song will be available on our Patreon.com slash The Yerky Boys. If you want to hear the full-length, nearly four-minute uncut version of the Mean Rachel parody song, that's the only way you can get it. Wow. Wow. That seems like a, a really good uh, good idea that people should consider. Yeah, I mean, you'll get yeah. that. You'll get our bonus episodes. You'll get our uh, the other full-length song I already did, plus more in the future. What more could you ask for? It's a good deal in my eyes. I mean, how could I not? That's That was just sitting there on the table for me, that song. That's true. You're right. <laughs> I had to take it. I had to take it. Yeah, I wasn't sure where you were going, and then and then I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see that. But we'll talk. We'll get into the relevance <laughs> of the song once we start talking about the book. Okay, that's yeah. The relevance of the song. Yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time on that <laughs> on that specific song. Yeah, I I plan to. I have copious notes. <laughs> Excellent. You know, it's right. going to be a good one when it kicks off with the song. That's when all yeah. the listeners are like, "Oh, we're in for a treat this week." Yeah, those are the best episodes always. <laughs> yep. I honestly, I think anybody who knows this book is kind of expecting a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to disappoint them. All right. Uh, so, Fun in the Sun, the cover, this book. Mm-hmm. This book, this cover. Uh, this is also one of the more um, famous covers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Rachel yep, is uh, sitting here. She's in a, a bathing suit. Um, she's sitting at, I, I, what's the, uh, PC, uh, cross-legged, phrase? cross-legged, <laughs> I suppose. Or if you're, I mean, if you're a loser, you say crisscross applesauce. I don't say that shit. <laughs> yeah, not me. Um, and she is turning into a starfish. Uh, <laughs> some of her, um, cone heads are pretty yes. coney. Yes, she basically, yes, I mean, that is exactly what it is. She becomes a conehead. <laughs> All of these are hilarious. I want, you know, those little, um, those little gross things you throw in the bathtub as a kid, they're like toys and then they grow bigger oh. when they absorb water. Yes. That would be, I want one of these, but it's, it's a starfish, but then it becomes Rachel when it gets bigger. <laughs> I don't know. That's a <laughs> or, good idea for a line of like, you yeah. could, for all of these. Right. Oh, how about this? Have you ever seen this is a whole this is another podcast episode. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but you ever see those mugs where 
when there's something hot in the mug, the picture on the outside mm-hmm. reacts mm-hmm. To, and changes. God yeah. damn, yeah. It morphs in and out from a human to an animal when you're drinking it. Genius. Why didn't... Yeah, I mean, really, K. Applegate and Michael Grant needed to swap some notes with good old Jim Davis about marketing here because the oh sheer God. amount of Animorphs merch that could have been made if they'd had his... Uh... Truly. <laughs> Truly. We'll get to that. Yeah. That's another episode. That's long okay. in the future. Long in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. Put, put uh, a pin in that. I think my favorite of all of these Rachels is the um, second to last one where her face is like just barely <laughs> visible. It looks like it's like the texture on the starfish is her face. <laughs> it is really funny. Her tiny, just her little face. She looks like Patrick, I guess, is basically what that is, which I think would have premiered at this point. If not, it was like maybe a couple months later. SpongeBob, I believe, premiered in 99. Oh, really? So, is that early? I felt like yeah. it was a little later, but... I remember because I speci- I distinctly remember like uh, being excited to watch the premiere of SpongeBob on Nickelodeon. <laughs> it might have been like it honestly might have been like New Year's Eve or something. It might have mm-hmm. been the end of the year, I don't know. But we don't have time for that now. But anyway, she looks like Patrick. Her bathing suit I, does it look like Spider-Man pattern to you kind of? <laughs> I see what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. I I what I don't know what the hell I would call that exactly, but also, yeah, it's got it's, yeah, it's weird. Well, you know what it looks like? It looks like um, what, when you're making a snowflake or kind of a thing, and you're cutting and you like pull the paper apart. You know, like you can't. Does it looks it? like a bunch. Yeah, you know when you pull, like it looks like it doesn't look like a snowflake yet. I know what you mean, but I don't think it. All looks the weird like that. cutout shape, the middle part where there's like the strands. Of paper in between. The, the I, listeners will yes, know. They'll I look guess. at it. They'll agree. They'll okay, agree. Okay. I do see. I to me, maybe I'm just uh, uh, a loser because I I'm I'm seeing the bugs. This is like a, a Rorschach test right here. You know what I mean? Because you're like it's like the Spider Man symbol. I'm like yeah, it's like a Spider Man or maybe like a scorpion or something like that. Yeah, I see that. Well, the things you're seeing are literal. Th- My things are all abstract, just patterns. So I'm just kind of seeing what I'm, what what it is. I think, but I don't know. I see. Uh, but what do, uh, what do you see here? A blot of ink. That's you. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like somebody spilled. I'm wondering: is this a bathing suit? Because in the book, in this scene, she describes it as her leotard, like her morphing leotard. Is True. and is there a difference? Yes, she does describe it as her morphing leotard, and she's also at the beach. Right. It would make sense if she was in a swimsuit, but I guess she's It would make a lot of sense if they just said she was. (laughs) But I guess that's not... Are they not tight enough to work with a morph? How could it not be? I don't know. Presumably, their leotards are black. At least that's, I think, if they've not mentioned that, I've just been assuming... I feel like... I always assume that Rachel has, like, some kind oh. of style to hers. I don't know if it's, like, black, yeah. but it's probably got, like, a design or something. And, like, Cassie's is, like, dumpy. And then you know what? I yeah, think Marco probably... and Jake in bike shorts or some shit. Right, right. She This probably is just her leotard and or, and it's her bathing suit, but she's, she's just stylish. Whatever. Yeah, Rachel <laughs> probably has, like, 15 different morphing outfits. Except... The weird again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but there is a, a scene very early in the book when a, a kid sees her in the leotard and refers to it as a leotard, which I thought was strange. Like, I feel like if I saw someone in something like that in real life, I would probably think bathing suit, especially if they're at the beach. 
I wouldn't be yeah. like, hey, nice leotard. Like, that's not a term I employ regularly, <laughs> but that's me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Strange. And people wonder, how could they get, how could you talk so much about a cover? How couldn't you? There's so much to mine here. All right. So what do you think? Because you've got a, a starfish. It's got like the five points. Like, do you think they spent a while? Like, she needs to pose like a like a starfish. Or how do we do? I guess she sits in the like cross leg position. Like what? Because like yeah, otherwise, yeah. what's she doing? Is she like skydiving? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, they could. She could easily just be doing a jumping jack or doesn't. Mm. Like, who cares? <laughs> they don't go. need to. They don't need to justify it. They're usually in a weird pose anyway. But what's interesting to me on this cover is. Uh, I feel like this doesn't usually happen. She actually changes her pose. Yeah, she does. Yeah, usually they take one photo, it seems like, and just morph that one original photo. But in this one, the positioning of her legs and, like, how wide they are actually changes in the first... Two at least. The third one that could just be computer effects, but yeah, I guess it's almost like she posed not like a starfish, so that she had to move to get into starfish. Shape. And her arms too. Yeah, her yeah. instead of, her folded arms go to hands on her knees. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of looks like it also looks like the second form is like sitting on the first form's lap, <laughs> like it's just resting right on her leg. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Okay. I agree. It is funny. It's uh, a funny cover. It's funny. It is. It's good. Take a look at it for yourself. Uh, it <laughs> says, uh, everything changes, but not quite like this. Is, I uh, mean, the quote on the cover. What What can we even say at this point? They get worse and worse every time. Yeah, this is, it's, it's not good. It's a new low. It really is yeah. a new low. <laughs> can I just say they do, um, they do the uh, cutouts every every book, right? So, like, you know, you've got the inner cover with the picture, the outer cover, and they, they cut out, like, the face of the animal so that you mm-hmm. can see through to the inner cover. And, uh, I mean, in this one, there's not exactly what you'd call a face on a starfish. So it's, I mean, it's literally just a pentagon cut out of the middle of the animal. Yeah, that's, wait, oh, it's not just the whole thing? No, it's just the middle, like, without the arms. Mm-hmm. Sure, whatever, whatever it works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works. It, I don't know. It's funny to me. All right. Inside cover. Ooh, look at this. This looks like a I Spy photo. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I Yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> Great. At least we have that much we can go on. Yeah, it looks like uh, there's a starfish, presumably Rachel, washed yep. up on the shore next mm-hmm. to the one ring. Yep. That's what's happening. I don't know that there's a, I see the problem is that I'm not really spying anything. Well, so it's like really finding know. different, there would be a lot more shit if it was I spy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a version. boring cover. I'm not going to lie. You know what? It's, it's fine. After last week's inside <laughs> cover, it was just bat shit and ugly and weird. And this, it's this one. It's like, yeah, it's a starfish on the beach. We can move on. It's fine. We don't need to dwell on this. That's reasonable. It's, uh, there's an earring next to her. That's, that's it. Yeah. Now there's uh that says the inner quote is Rachel's seeing stars. Dot dot dot, and and this is a three dotter again. It seems almost like they've mm. they've realized for the inner cover they should only have three dots. Uh, <laughs> That's how you know you're getting closer the, to the middle. <laughs> yeah, they haven't fixed the outer cover. I don't know if they ever will, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like the inside um, the passage they picked because it's very early in the book and it doesn't really give anything away, but it's still it makes you want to read it because you're like, what the hell is happening here? It's, yeah, it's that's the section that's where she's fair, except that um, as I'm uh, was actually kind of planning on talking about later, they, they do like the back, the blurb on the back does oh. tell you basically <laughs> yeah, I, the gimmick. Okay. And I don't remember if this happened last book, but like every book, there's always like a preview chapter for what's going to come out next month. It's like a next yeah. time on Dragon Ball Z. I there don't remember one. if that gave away the thing for this either. Mm. Um, I, I was thinking about this reading this book is that you are in a very unique yes. position, right? I really Almost am. A- every kid who read this series, you know, they read a preview chapter the month before. They read a little blurb about what was going to be in it the month before, just like at the back of the book. And then, uh, you know, then they picked up the book. They read the little thing on the back. They read the inner cover. They got a pretty good idea of the general story before they read any given book. And yeah. you are, might be one of the only people in history to not have that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like even if you're reading it today, you probably yeah. are. You have a copy of the book, or you're reading a. I, yeah. Yeah, it's a rare thing. It's it is strange because you know for me that's how I prefer to experience all media. Yeah, but this was clearly not designed. Well, I don't know how designed, but it certainly wasn't marketed in such a way that you it was even possible to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going in real blind. So that's I mean that's exciting to me, especially on this book. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting for me too. All right. So, I mean, do we want to do we want to talk about this book? Yeah. All right. So, you can play another right. song if you want. <laughs> <laughs> just just like another one. I don't know. You didn't re- write another parody, but like we could play some music and <laughs> Yeah, I'll just figure it out on the fly. Yeah, uh, that'll, be, right. that'll be a Patreon episode. We'll just play some karaoke tracks, and we have to tr- come up with parodies as we go. Oh, I thought we would just like actively break copyright law and put a bunch of songs in here, and people could listen to them. Oh, sure. Yeah, what do you want? Let's play some Beatles shit. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, on book. well, we need to wait for a Beatle book. Um, oh, all right. You're right. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Rachel and 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 Cass Doctor Seuss. Sorry. Go go ahead. <laughs> well, they're they're on a field trip uh, at the beach to um study uh, tidal pools. Right. They're studying the tide pools, but like, of course, everyone is just goofing off because that's like how these field trips go. Except for Cassie, who is of course studying them because she's a loser. Um. We hear very quickly here that the Animorphs have been at some point recently informed that the Yerks are working on an anti-morphing ray, but that's not really important yet. But th- this is where we first uh, hear it. Yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So Rachel, Rachel is off on her own. Uh, there's a scene where some guy, Bailey, tries to hit on her. She tells him to fuck off. Um, and uh, and she drops her earring into one of the tidal pools. And... Um, I guess she can't just uh, reach in and get it. So, you know, she figures that maybe a starfish could go get it on account of it has eyes and opposable thumbs and all of that stuff. Uh, so, so she morphs into a starfish and she goes in after uh, her earring. And um, somehow she does find the earring. 
and uh, she grabs it, but then some dumb kid cuts her in half with a play shovel, and uh, and she quickly demorphs, and she's pissed. She's, like, ready to go grizzly and fucking murder him, uh, but then she's, like, pissed at Bailey, and she's, like, raging about it. Yeah. Anyway, so we got the starfish. <laughs> Here we go. This, this is our intro. This is our intro. She's a starfish. She gets cut in half. Yeah, I, I, I like... Um... They're on this field trip. She refers to actually two times in this book. She refers to school as the yawn factory. <laughs> oh, she does that twice. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> happens again later, and it's uh, it's what I it's what I say when we start our podcast. Another day in the yawn factory. <laughs> mm. Same thing. How old's Kay Applegate's uh, kid right now? Is is she all like good I have enough for no for idea. School? No, can't be. Can't be more than like a year or two old. All right, I was like, maybe this is a phrase oh, Kay is that hearing around the house, but that the, the dedications didn't start until the kid was born during Animorphs. Yeah, book around around Andalite Chronicles, so Okay, well not, then yeah. yes, yeah. I don't believe so. <laughs> very very so gifted. Um Yeah. Yeah, so okay. Immediately I'm like, okay, the anti-morphing ray. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is just one of the first yeah. dropped on us. Yeah. Not, oh, not by even, the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's it's not, not even like, like Eric shows up exactly. in the book to say she's like, oh yeah, Eric showed up a, a, right. a day or two ago to tell yes. us there was an anti-morphing ray. Yeah, we don't even. Okay, we're not even. We don't even have time to have the Eric scene anymore. It's like just what well, fuck off. He told us about it. There's a thing. Okay, there's yeah. a MacGuffin. All right, just fucking whatever. <laughs> um, so that's that's interesting, and I I, I will comment more on that later. Note okay. That for now. Yeah, I or mean, now, like my want to. <laughs> the the immediate the immediate thought here is is of course, um, you know, the last like major Yerk plan that we saw from Visser Three was the anti free will potion, <laughs> and now we get the anti morphing ray, and which they don't really... explain what that means yet either. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it really just like. This is like a- about as Saturday morning cartoon villain as as Visser Three is gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it, and that's not even like a spoiler. You can't get any more Saturday morning cartoon villain than this. <laughs> yeah. God, Just I wait w- until I reveal my anti morphing <laughs> ray. <laughs> that's Visser w- Three right now. <laughs> I really want to talk more about this ray, but I feel like it's better saved for a little later. Sure, so I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna control myself. Um, uh, I, I I do think in the beginning of this book they do a good job setting up Rachel's character, which is pretty important for this book. Mm-hmm. This is one this is one of those books that we you know you could not there's you could not possibly swap another POV with this book. It's clearly written no. for Rachel. Yes, and the I maybe more so than ever the mental scarring is very upfront in this book. Like she's immediately talking about her horrible nightmares and shit mm-hmm. right away. <laughs> and uh, just kind of given bad vibes in general, you know, I think she mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. She says she, that specifically. <laughs> she she says, she says, I put off bad vibes as my mom would say, which I, I was immediately like, Oh, it's so interesting to think that like, Oh, vibes is the thing that out of touch hippie boomers say, you know, as opposed to the, the thing that all the young TikTokers are, that is uh, funny. <laughs> you know, this is this is Tim Zoomer and Tom Boomer 
they're like shaking hands, right? It like the oh, you know, handshake you, meme. You know what stole I mean? My, you stole my thunder a little bit on that one. <laughs> oh yeah, or done those? Did you have a? I was gonna inter- eventually introduce Jim Boomer. <laughs> oh Jim Boomer! Oh, that's way better than Tom Boomer. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I was, I was, I guess my brain was going like Tom Bombadil, maybe. <laughs> Tom Boomerdil. <laughs> now. <laughs> Now the kids do the Zoomers today do say vibes or vibe check, yeah. <laughs> but but even more so now they they've actually haven't they've kind of dropped the vibes because now they just say it's giving. They it's say true. Rachel is giving bad. That's true. That's that vibes is what the kids used to say when I knew what the kids were saying. <laughs> exactly before I got old. <laughs> right when we were once hip and with it. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, also, I mean, I, I don't know. I can just keep going. I mean, yeah, I mean, like on on that one thing that I do, they they sort of start to bring up here, which uh, I thought was fun, is that like they specifically say Rachel gives off bad vibes to like the other girls in her class. Like mm. like they make this whole point of being all like, oh yeah, all the other girls in my class don't like hanging out any with me anymore because I guess I I give off bad vibes. <laughs> like like they used to be like oh yeah rachel's like a cool preppy kid and maybe she can be kind of an asshole sometimes but whatever and now they're just like i don't like rachel <laughs> something's yeah. wrong with her i'd yeah, rather that's... she be away from me that's great yeah we, we don't yeah. we don't get very often a window into what their relationship with non-animorphs is yeah so I appreciate that. I think no mention of Melissa, sadly. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> but we do get introduced to new character Bailey. Yes. Who I should have known this was a KA book when they I was like, Bailey, sort of a normal name. I don't know if it's his last or first name. All right, you made it just weird enough <laughs> to be weird. <laughs> to make it a little strange. That's the classic KA style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's nothing. Uh, Bailey's kind of just a weird, creepy weirdo, <laughs> like pervs on her. <laughs> yeah, and then she turns. I like when she turns him down and says, "Now you know the difference between good looks and a good personality." <laughs> that is a really good line. <laughs> it is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, also, is this? I feel like. And I'm sure I could be proven wrong, but this seems like, if not the earliest, one of the earliest times we have ever gotten to a cover morph in a book. Like, it's like in chapter one, immediately we're a starfish. And for maybe the dumbest reason. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this, and that is certainly true on a new morph. Like, I feel like, like, yeah, maybe there's some book where, where it's like, I don't even know that that's true though, because it took Marco longer to go cockroach, and that's the sort of mm. thing that I'm thinking of, right? Like they they have to turn into a bug, and they've done it a million times, so they just do it in the first chapter or something. But it took him longer to do that. It took Jake longer to turn into a bird last book, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's plenty of books where it's oh, it starts out and they're in a morph. What about maybe the rat? Does she turn into a rat, or is that when they when they're doing that maze experiment? Is there a rat on the cover, or is that a no? Cat? So the rat on the cover is for when she turns into a rat at the end to be David. But she got that rat, I think, book twelve. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, when she's yeah. a crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the this might be the earliest one. So I was like, okay, we're not Courtney, the rat. We're not fucking around. That's right, Courtney, of course. 
Yeah. We're, we're getting right into it. They're sure getting right into it. And of course, the starfish isn't going to come up again. I, I, you know, this oh, might yeah, be doesn't... minor spoilers. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that they never morph the starfish again because it's a worthless morph and there's no reason to ever morph a starfish, <laughs> not even to get a ring out of a tidal pool or an earring. <laughs> yeah, couldn't she, couldn't she have an eel she could be? Like, that seems better. I don't Tidal know. Tidal pools are not deep. I think she has a hand. I wasn't really, yeah, I was having trouble picturing ex- what the situation was. I was thinking maybe it's in like a crevice or a crack or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't really yeah, it's, know. Yeah, it's funny because like they almost try to um, lampshade it, I guess, because Ra- Rachel's like, I got really mad when I dropped my earring in there. When I'm mad, I just kind of do shit without mm. thinking about it. So then I turned into a starfish, right. and halfway through, I was like, how is this going to help? But I figured I'd, it did probably work out. A <laughs> little bit of foreshadowing. A little bit of foreshadowing. Um, although th- there's also a little bit of, like, it's one thing to be like, it's in character for my character to act stupid and reckless. And then there is also a line you cross where it's like, I needed her to turn into a starfish. I didn't have a good reason. I just did it. Okay. Don't ask whatever. I had an idea. <laughs> I thought I thought I knew a cool thing about starfish and I realized I could yeah, well, you'll find yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, it works for the setup of the book, but yeah, it is it doesn't there's no starfish after this. Only metaphorically is there starfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh all right. So, so are are we, are, you, are you good? Uh, I think you said yeah. earlier you could keep going. Yeah, well, I I can't. Yeah, and then this then there's this weird serial killer kid who's <laughs> he's going to become oh, a serial yeah. killer, I assume, for just like oh, yeah. m- mutilizing, mutilizing <laughs> the fuck, <laughs> mutilating starfish. I like mutilizing better. That's pretty good. Uh, and then That's the first sign of a serial killer. And then, as you said, Rachel's real mad at Bailey, and right. I I will just say a. My immediate thought and note was, oh, man, I thought for a second there, I was like, oh, shit, is is this thing going to happen? And then I kept I thought, no, it didn't happen. And it yeah. did happen. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll find out what that thing might be. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Uh, OK. So Rachel demorphs, uh, even though morphing is really, really scary. And um, and as she demorphs, she sees a blonde girl running away from her. Um, she starts thinking about, like, maybe she should go shopping with Cassie, but she's supposed to go flying with Tobias later. But also she's thinking about how Bailey's kind of cute, too, and not just Tobias. And But then some of the girls there are mean to her, and she starts crying, and she's not really sure what to do. Um and uh, so she goes flying with Tobias, and it's awesome, and she's enjoying being a powerful eagle, and she's thinking about killing things. Uh, she sees some fish, and she, she swoops in and kills one and starts eating it alive. Like She's like, yeah, fuck you, fish. I'm a god, and all that. Um, so she's at the mall with Cassie, and she's feeling bad about blowing off Tobias, going flying with Tobias. Um, but she's excited to be shopping. And then like this big mean girl approaches her and starts talking shit to her. Uh, and the, the girl is so mean that Rachel starts crying about it. Um, and anyway, after Tobias gets all weird about her killing the fish, she decides to head to the mall, even though she hates the mall. Uh, and she, she's in like a kitchen store when that same mean girl sees her again and again, starts to make fun of her. 
Uh, and this time, Rachel slams the girl down and starts, like, stabbing knives into the counter, like, inches away from her as the girl is screaming for her life. And uh, Rachel pretends like she's going to kill her with, like, a cleaver, and then she laughs and walks away. Um, and at this point, maybe you've figured out what's going on. The book has not yet explicitly said it, but maybe you figured it out. <laughs> I don't know if anyone who hasn't read the book figured it out from what you just said, but <laughs> reading the book, I think you figure it out pretty quickly. Okay. I mean, like, this is sort of what happens is you get this contradictory narrative where Rachel is kind of doing a thing and then doing a different thing. and But there is more to it, right? Like, because I'm just describing the two contradictory narratives, whereas in the book you get very different writing styles as well. Um, so, like, what has happened here, and it... I think at this point you'd have figured it out, even if you didn't read the back, is that uh, yeah. Rachel has somehow split into two. There are two Rachels with different personalities, right? Like one who's like crying and like all Valley Girl-like and one who's a fucking psychopath. Well, we know that the starfish morph split in two and then yes. she morphed back. So it's it's not that hard to put two and two together. No, it's it's not. They don't They don't tell you, but it is kind of like I demorphed uh, I, I split, got well, cut in half, and then I demorphed and did this. And then next chapter, it's like I demorphed and did this other thing. Right. I, I should know. say it's it's it is sort in this book. It's a little hard to put ah, yeah. two and two together. I I am curious at like you said immediately you thought it was going to happen. Did you then immediately say, oh wait, no, they did do it? Yeah. Well, my my note was I thought Rachel was going to become two Rachels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then my next note was Rachel is fucking mental <laughs> because she's <laughs> yeah immediately she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into a grizzly bear and kill this kid no wait fucking yeah. Bailey delay I'm gonna fucking murder Bailey but I still was I think at that point mm-hmm. like yeah but that's Rachel <laughs> yeah yes um, and then I don't know exactly. <laughs> It must have been, I guess when she started talking about like, oh, I could kiss a boy, that would be nice, which was like right Mm. after that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or is that even, was that before when she's, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, then that's when I wrote, and that's when I was very excited that I, like what great timing for for another reason later on too, that on our Patreon, we just reviewed Spice World. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. We literally discussed which Spice Girl would Rachel would all the Animorphs be, and we and and we said, well, Rachel is basically scary and posh. She's, I was she's both together. I was so sad that I could not say <laughs> because, like, when you were saying that, I was thinking in my head, like, God damn, we should have done this episode a week later. It didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think. But it was still, I I read this, I literally said she has been split into Scary Spice and Posh Spice. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> that is that is what happened. And, like, um, what an insane stroke of timing that is. A stroke yeah, of timing? Whatever. It, it's Fuck good. You. It's good. Uh, so, I mean, okay. So this, this leads to, and... The, this will be explored more in the book, but I might as well start talking about it now. This is, I think, one of the primary criticisms that I hear about this book is that mean Rachel is obviously part of Rachel, but nice Rachel kind of doesn't seem like, it's like it doesn't, when you read Rachel books, you aren't like, oh yeah, I see nice Rachel in there, 
right. You see mean Rachel in all of them, but you don't see nice Rachel. That doesn't, it seems like nice Rachel almost comes from nowhere. Um, which is kind of funny because you would, you would think in most books if you split a character into their nice and mean sides and the nice side was like, oh, I like boys. And the mean side was like, I'm going to fucking murder everyone I see. Normally you'd be like, but that's that's a little too far, isn't it? They wouldn't do that. Not with Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't even – there's so much to chew on from this. Yeah, that I like. I don't know how much I, I want to get into it now, or, but I'll just. I guess I'll base it on what I wrote at this during this portion of the book. Sure, I, I'm I, honestly yeah. ready to talk about mean versus nice without sure. the other bits of it. But whatever you, yeah. Well, you're what's thinking. I guess? Well, what's your take on that? Do you do you agree with that take? I would generally agree. I think there's more to it than that. Uh, than than that argument would give it credit for, but that's kind of coming up later. I do think, though, that um, it's less... It's not that Rachel doesn't have this, like, scared, cowering, normal girl side and this evil psychopath side. It's that the scared, cowering, normal girl side doesn't really act like nice Rachel. Like, we haven't, you know, we didn't see that side of her in 27, we didn't see it in 22, but in in 17, 12, and 7, and 2, like, in all of those books, you see this side of Rachel where she's saying, like, oh, you know, I'm, I feel very, very afraid, but I, I can't admit it to people because I'm supposed to be the brave one, and I kind of resent having to be the brave one. I'm a little bit jealous of people who can just say they're scared, or, like, oh, my dad is leaving town and he's offering for me to go with him. And I kind of, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to fight anymore, but I kind of want to because I'm kind of, I just want to go back to my normal life and and be a gymnast and have my friends. But that side of Rachel to me, like in her inner monologue, never sounded like the nice Rachel here. Whereas the evil side of her, in her inner monologue, she's absolutely saying shit like, I'll murder your whole fucking family. You know, like, like that is in there explicitly. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I had the same thought reading the book. Like, I pretty much exactly what you said, right? Thought, okay, one of these sides seems more right than the other. But so I understand the, what they're going for. And I think in the way that it works is what you said that the this is not I don't I think this is common either a trope or just reality that anger comes from fear right Yoda says it himself um mm -hmm. like so that makes sense that the other half of her we could get into the fucking <laughs> logistics of this. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of interesting because she's very clearly split between anger and fear here. Like, you've got the fear leads to anger, but in this case, we've almost got fear and anger being treated as, like, right. distinct. What happens, what happens if fear and anger aren't intertwined? What if we separate them and make them different? Which is a little, maybe it's a little messy. I don't know. There's mm -hmm. a cleaner way to have done that split. And again, I, I want to talk about the... <laughs> how that all works exactly. But, but the part of we'll the nice part, Rachel but. that doesn't work for me, that does just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. is why does it, it, she becomes a Valley girl basically. Like she starts yeah. saying like, and Oh my God and stuff. And that yeah. is like, why is she dumb? 
that doesn't make sense. There's not a there's not a dumb valley yeah. girl in Rachel. Yeah, so I th- I mean, okay. So I actually don't think that I we can get into that a little bit because I don't have as much of a problem with that exactly. Mm. I think that that might come off as a little bit dumb because the valley girl talk style, the fact that she's up talking, they specifically have have a point where it's like, "Oh my god, she's up talking." And they put question <laughs> marks after all of her sentences. Like the fact that she's doing that and she's saying like makes her come across as like generally stupid but i yeah. don't well she's she, also I don't think she is supposed stupid. to be i think she acts pretty there's a couple parts where she's kind of dumb oh yeah no no but but i think like the ways in which she acts stupid are like or at least they're supposed to be if you don't think that they live up to that we can talk about it later but like that's it's a yeah. very specific kind of stupid in the same way that mean rachel is going to be acting a little a very specific kind of stupid when she's like what if i just turn into a grizzly bear on the beach and murder somebody kind of thing um like that's not smart either uh and and i think like that does work for me uh so it's okay. but but i do think like I said, the way it presents, you're 100% right. Rachel has never had a valley girl side, right? She's had a side where she's like, I like my friends. I like school. I like gymnastics. I like shopping. But she never she never did that as a valley girl, and it never really felt like there was a part of her that aspired to be a valley girl, but then another angry part of her that kept that in check. You know, it, it felt like she she like was that but then she also had this anger in her that was mostly suppressed until the the war happened yeah and also aren't valley girls uh stereotypically kind of mean <laughs> like they're gossiping and shit and bullying other girls and stuff so I, it doesn't even seem to True. fit like this archetype i don't i don't really understand there why does it's in there. i what you know because the immediate thing that i want to say when 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 you say like, oh, well, she's talking like she's stupid. She's talking like a valley girl. The immediate thought there is is like, oh, well, that might be some some latent sexism there, right? And I, <laughs> but like, I don't know how much. Like, do you think some of that latent. might be coming from from Ka? Right? Like, why did Ka mm. Applegate make the decision to sure. give this Rachel? That and like because she is supposed to be extremely unfocused, right? Like she cannot focus on what is going on in the moment. She's like. Or she's she's ADD brained. What is it in K. Applegate's mind that that goes like the ADD girl who can't fo- who just talks a mile a minute and can't focus on anything? Oh, that's a valley girl. Is there some stereotype that is sort of superseding Rachel's character there? I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, we're also it's the late '90s. Clueless is still mm-hmm. like that's still very much in the culture. So yeah. p- part of it, I think, might simply just be, oh, this will be funny and fun and people yeah. will l- like it because it's silly. <laughs> That's know? true. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, no, I I think you one of the things that if you're going to give this book credit, one of the things you have to you have to kind of accept it on its own terms, which is that it's kind of although it does explore darker and deeper themes in Animorphs, it's also kind of a silly, stupid story. That's just for fun. Right. <laughs> So yeah, should I say is I should I get to it now where the thing that I my the, my bingo card take a drink for the episode that I'll probably say again later. What's your bingo card? <laughs> but I'll just say it now. Sure. This is like the most Buffy Buffy thing <laughs> to happen. 
in, in these books. As, again, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's, you know, it's my thing. I feel like there's a lot of parallels in, in Animorphs. And this is just straight out of that Joss Whedon playbook of what do you do, and, and other shows too, to be fair. What do you do in, like, season four of a show when... You know, you've explored all these character arcs. You've done this and that. You're you're not sure what what to, what happens next. How do you explore a character? If you have magic or sci-fi or some kind of uh, supernatural device, you make an evil version of them, or you go to an alternate dimension and find their evil version there, or they get split up, or they swap minds with another character. It's like exactly that kind of trope, mm-hmm. which is maybe why I like. I accept it more than other people because this is, I'm kind of used to this sort of thing happening. Yeah, I mean, my immediate thought on this is, oh, this this is like a Star Trek thing because we yes. know that she's a huge Trekkie, right? Sure. Like, like, this is the sort of thing you might see on some, I, and here's the thing, I don't know Star Trek enough to know, did they actually ever do this? Did they do it two dozen times over the course of all the shows? <laughs> I don't actually know, but it feels like the sort of thing that would have come up in an episode, but but I, I think mean, you're right. It it's got more of a um of a Buffy feel to it, maybe just because it's a late nineties character sure. in in school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a Buffy episode where the, she swaps bodies with Faith that and or like when mm-hmm. Willow meets Dark Willow, mm-hmm. it, it it feels very similar. Um, Star Trek. I mean, I don't know if it, this literally this kind of thing happens, but there's like you know, Data has lores, like the evil version of Data. Basically, there's. And of course, there's the mirror universe. So yeah, they all play around with this kind of thing, um, and I and I like that kind of thing. I usually, mm-hmm. the, usually, when talking about a show like Buffy or Star Trek, those are usually my favorite episodes because it gives you the chance to explore those characters in a f- interesting, fun. It's it feels like if this is the reward, like this wouldn't work as book five because mm-hmm. you don't oh, yeah. know enough about Rachel. But when you're deeper into the thing. Now it's like, as a constant reader, you can get behind this. At least I don't know. Maybe maybe people can't. But the other the other thing that made me feel like this is so reminded me so much of Buffy was one of my favorite episodes of Buffy is the Zeppo, and this is where maybe we're getting to getting ahead of myself. But I'm just gonna get all my Buffies out now, so you don't have to hear okay, about get, it later. Get out the buffs. There's an episode called the Zeppo. I think it's season three or four. Uh, where uh, the character, it's all about Xander, who is like the normal guy on the show with no powers or anything. And essentially you follow his storyline while there's a typical monster of the week, all this crazy Buffy shit is happening in the background. And the A plot of the episode is what would normally be like the C plot. And that's sort of the joke of it, is it's subverting the the trope. Uh, and, And you're seeing like all this... That's them being able to acknowledge what their show is and kind of poke fun at it a little and play with it. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I thought was happening in this book a little bit with the anti-morphing Ray. Is it Mm -hmm. almost reads to me like self-parody, like Kay Applegate being self-aware of, you know, Visitor 3 has some plot. It's like so ridiculous, but we're not even going to – we're not even going to explain it. Unlike in, say, the David trilogy – where you have David and you have an act- a complex, in-depth Yerk plot. Here, that's just the backdrop. Like, yeah, that's that shit that's happening that's kind of there as, as, your, as your set piece. But, 
but the actual meat of the story is the character stuff and this weird subversion that's happening on top of it. So I don't know, that's two things that I liked that reminded me of other things. Now, am I maybe I'm being too charitable? Maybe that wasn't the intention, and maybe the anti-morphing ray is just dumb and not self-aware. <laughs> but that's I at least a little bit read it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm I, rambling. I, I think there's 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 some fairness to that assessment. Um I, I do I enjoy, like, as we're going to see, that this plan is kind of mostly happening without Rachel, except Rachel keeps barging into it, but a lot of it's happening off screen. I don't mind that, but I do think that, um, well, I don't know. Well, I, maybe I'll talk about it a little more when we get, uh, like, toward the end of the book, because we'll, we'll get into it. Um, we'll, we'll but I see where it. you're coming from on that. Yeah, so that's this. All these things were racing around in my head at this at this point in the book, and also uh, at one point here, Rachel says that her clothes quote chewed, which I think is slang meaning they sucked. But she says chewed. Okay, okay is this the part where she's like, "I don't like all the preppy clothes in my closet. I need to go buy something edgy, like like a leather jacket." Yeah, or whatever. She says, yeah. She, she says they chewed. Okay. <laughs> That's I've never. This is not real slang. No one's ever said that. Evil, evil, mean Rachel said that. <laughs> She's so mean. She says, "Chude." Mean Rachel's got some. I they, listen. They do a lot. I do think that the way in which they make them talk differently is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean Rachel is is quite mean. She's got this some is... great. Narration. I like, she mm-hmm. says, if you ever want to really experience contempt for your fellow human beings, go to the mall. They moo along like cattle, <laughs> little knots of them, little gaggles of them, like sheep. Yep, That's I how she that talks all the time, yeah. <laughs> She's great. Mm-hmm. She's great. This is technically, I think, the first mainline book that has two POVs. <laughs> uh, Unless you count, like, two- one chapter or something, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say two dueling POVs, yeah, because yes. otherwise you have, like, book 19, they swap to Jake or whatever, but... Right, right. So, yeah, this is the first one with two major, technically two distinct POVs. Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> interlacing. And I... Is it at some point they start labeling the chapters? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. At some point in, I think, after they do the reveal uh, okay. in the next section we'll talk about, they start labeling nice and mean Rachel. As if, like, you really don't need that. It's pretty obvious. No. <laughs> but Yeah, no, not at all. Oh, another thing about nice Rachel, though, uh, is that nice Rachel cannot stop dropping fucking name brands. Like, the, <laughs> at we'll least in the those. early chapters, <laughs> she just keeps, yeah, they're, they're, like, long lists of, like, when she needs to describe how somebody looks, she'll be like, oh, she looks like, like this and this and this name brand style, but with a dash of this or whatever. Whereas mean Rachel hates fashion and shopping. <laughs> yeah okay uh, yeah um oh oh uh let's not forget side characters dahlia and elizabeth oh i did write down dahlia i don't remember elizabeth uh so dahlia is the chick who um thinks that nice rachel is making fun of her uh and being sarcastic and gets pissed off she calls and her a Eliz- witch yeah she calls her a witch and elizabeth is the girl who tells her her sweater looks nice. Actually, wait, oh. when did she get a fucking sweater? She was in a leotard. And, I don't know, whatever. She left she it tells on the her bus. Her, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Makes sense. Okay, sure. Uh, Elizabeth tells her her sweater looks nice, and uh, and that's what gets her thinking, oh, I should go to the mall with Cassie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually, by the end of the series, we're going to be able to fill out the entire class roster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll have every name in the now, class. Wait, the other Animorphs aren't on this field trip. It's just Rachel. Where's Where's the rest of the grade? Like, it's not the whole grade. It's like a specific class. <laughs> Whatever. There's only a mention of Cassie being here, which you would think if the others were here, she'd have mentioned it. But also, yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't interact with Cassie here either. So maybe they're there, and she just doesn't talk to anyone. I don't know. Yeah. Also, she almost stabs a girl. <laughs> yeah, also, she almost stabs a girl to death. The girl is, like, screaming for her life as, as she's, like, pretend, like acting like she's going to kill her with knives and, and laughing about it. She grabs knives from William Sonoma and just, like, stabs her, like, sh- sweater or shirt or whatever so that she's pinned to the counter. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. takes a big cleaver and, like, she's going <laughs> to fucking chop her head off. Yeah. <laughs> it's batshit fucking crazy. Yeah. Now, it's funny because when Cassie's with nice Rachel and uh, and and the girl's making fun, like, saying shit, Cassie is specifically like, oh, shit, Rachel, don't, don't fucking pull out a knife and stab her. Let it go, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's expecting that response, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, and I think we should note she does get the earring back. Oh, yeah, that's a relief. That I even, was going to be stressed. Yeah, yeah. even though she got cut in half, it was, like, still, like, on her nice Rachel's, like, toe or some shit. I don't know. Now, do you want to – should I address the Seropedia goof? <laughs> What's the Seropedia goof here? That uh, technically when she morphs back, her ears wouldn't be pierced anymore, so she shouldn't have earrings. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, good fucking goof, assholes. <laughs> Did you know that morphing doesn't make sense? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, like, then every book should have the goof of their hair growing back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, assholes. All right. I'm gonna go me yeah, and no, Rachel the, the, on those fuckers. <laughs> the problem is that, like, I check those goofs, but I check them, like, a week before, and if there's nothing interesting, I don't write it down, and I don't remember what they are. So I probably saw that and was just like, fuck off, and didn't think about it ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's, I understand. Yeah. Uh, all right. So so Cassie takes nice Rachel to the, uh, the barn to um, tell everybody else that something is wrong. Um, nice Rachel is scared of all the animals in Cassie's barn. Um, she's, she's explaining that something is very wrong because not, not only is she crying, um, she is also saying that Marco is funny and cute. Uh, so everybody's freaking out cause they don't know what's going on. Is she a yerk? Is she what the hell? And at this point, um, Rachel, mean Rachel busts in and, uh, and Jake is like, now there are two of them. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, thank you. You're welcome. So uh, mean Rachel starts like threatening and attacking people. Uh, and in the middle of all of this, uh, Eric shows up to, uh, update them on the anti-morphing race situation, then immediately leaves. He's, he, he shows up and he's like, Hey guys, so the Yerks, they got this thing called, they, they, 
got this company called Buyers Research Institute. They're using it as a front to test the Ray. It's, what the fuck's up with the two Rachels? You guys are weird. Bye. Um, <laughs> he literally is like, I need to stop hanging out with you guys. <laughs> That's what he says. So they, 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 they figure out what happened. They're like, oh shit, she morphed a starfish and got cut in half. And now there's a nice and mean Rachel. And, uh, and Jake orders them both to stay home while they go do the mission without her because they, they fuck this. Um, <laughs> a lot of things happen in this barn. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to know where to start here, but there is one <laughs> part in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only does she call Marco cute, mm-hmm. which he is, mm-hmm. she also calls Jake cute. Yeah, I have the quote. <laughs> Go ahead. She says verbatim, "He's my cousin. He's cute, kind of big. I mean, <laughs> if we weren't cousins." <laughs> Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I was losing my shit reading right, that. Right? I, it's not the last time it happens either. I could not believe they made our jokes actual text in this narrative. Not gonna lie, I forgot that happened. I wasn't, like, trying to build toward this or anything. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, the implication is always there, but my God, they just said it out loud. <laughs> she fucking said it. I can't, I can't believe it. And all, and all this about him talking about Marco was cute. I, I just can't help but think. I haven't checked, but this must have inspired so many inappropriate fanfics, <laughs> right? I mean, is is there not tell me there's not an entire genre of nice Rachel romance fix like there yeah, have right? to be. Yeah, no, like and and Marco himself is making all kinds of cracks about throughout this book about how like ooh, ooh, uh, I could have nice Rachel and Tobias could have mean Rachel, two Rachels. <laughs> yes. That's I I wrote down. <laughs> I hope the FBI doesn't listen to this, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think this is fine. I just wrote down Marco is speaking my fucking language. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what I want. Two Rachels. This, <laughs> this is perfect. This is this solves my love triangle conundrum. I want them both to have a Rachel. <laughs> there's a there's a part where uh, mean Rachel demands of nice Rachel, "What are you doing with my body?" And Marco says, "I have a body joke here, but I can't tell it unless X <laughs> promises to protect me." <laughs> that is great. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. At, the, at this point, Mean Rachel has already beaten Marco up for <laughs> for making <laughs> lewd comments. And as we all know, it's fine for a man to say anything about a woman as long as she beats him up after. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, the one thing I take issue with from Nice Rachel is that she says Axe is not cute. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't even mention his disturbingly attractive human morph. True. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's she mentions she remembers Tobias as a human, but not Axe. Rude. You know, it's it's funny because nice Rachel like 
she's always kind of like, yeah, Tobias the boy is kind of cute, I guess. But then she seems like she's much more into like Marco and Jake and Bailey than boy Tobias. She almost seems like she's into Tobias out of obligation, right? Yeah. Where it's it's almost yeah. like I could be into bad. him if he was a boy, but like I don't really think of him as a boy, so I can't really think of him as cute. Whereas mean Rachel is just straight up like, I don't give a shit about Tobias the boy. I'm super into that bird, though. I want to fuck that bird. I especially want to fuck that bird when he's murdering small animals and eating them alive. And it's just like, like the the implication here is that when the two Rachels are together, like she's still not really into Tobias the boy, and she never was, right? Like the implication here is that she, the only reason she's ever liked Tobias is because he's a bird. Which again, let's go back to what I was saying earlier. Rachel doesn't know what she fucking wants. She's all the time like, Tobias, why can't you be a, a turn into a boy so that, you know, we could we could uh, date for real? She doesn't want that. <laughs> right? Mm. She doesn't want that at all. She wants the bird. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't kiss the bird, you know? <laughs> I mean, she could. Yeah, sure, I, I'd kiss a bird. <laughs> Happily. Kiss him right yeah. in the beak. I'd kiss a hawk if it would let me. I'd yeah. have a tongue. Why not? Who wouldn't? <laughs> Got a little vole in there. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this book is, is huge for the shipping community. I, I I believe it. And she also, yeah, I mean, I mean. I don't know sense. that that's actually true. I'm just assuming. I'm just I saying mean, that. Yeah, well, I, that's me. I'm the shipping community currently. Okay. It makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, nice Rachel. Tobias is too intense for nice Rachel and, and he's too, well, no. And I, and mean Rachel likes him as long as he's being intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, she also does say Eric is cute. Yeah. She thinks everyone's fucking cute, <laughs> but she specifically likes Eric because um, like an anime girl, he's actually is 5,000 years old. Like she literally, I forget what the I don't line even is. Remember this? What is the line? You got to find this for me. I'm gonna have to. It must be in this section when Eric shows up. <laughs> I don't remember when he does. Oh yeah, he says, um, "I don't think he's cute because you know it's bad enough being attracted to a guy who's a bird of prey, right? Getting into androids is maybe going a little far. Although, when you realize Eric is really like thousands of years old." So he's totally mature and all. <laughs> anyway. So she's right. into it because he's like old and she's that's like hot to her. <laughs> that's what this is. Yeah, that's I mean, the, women, this is what you are. A woman, nice, a woman wrote this. This is who you are. <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm not denying that at all. Nice Rachel seems like her character literally is just fanfic writers on on fanfic.net right like if i were to go on on ao3 or whatever and be like what is the average you know 13 14 year old girl on here what's her per like that's that's gonna be what nice rachel is (laughs) yeah that's exactly that's the template right there a hundred percent um (laughs) and this is when they get the official denominations of mean rachel and nice rachel which yeah. I think it's really funny that they just go along with it. They basically just accept it. They do start like referring to them as like wimp Rachel or crazy Rachel and occasionally, but the book the book keeps saying mean Rachel and nice Rachel. Which made me think I want a mean girls poster with Rachel's on it. 
It also and made then, you think of a song. Yeah, that, I was going to say. And then right after that, I, a light bulb went off, and that was, <laughs> that was where that came from. Yeah. Uh, we get a use of the word bimbo here. Mm, that's always fun. It's always exciting. Yeah. yeah, no no skanky, but we get a bimbo. She says, she says oh. simp a couple of times as well. Oh, yeah, she does say simp in here somewhere. Which they've said before in a book or two. Because, you know, but of course not in the way we would use it today. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Um, there's also, uh, looping back to how Cassie in the mall thought Rachel might murder that guy. Uh, Cassie opens up her story here in the barn by saying, we have a problem. We were at the mall and this girl insulted Rachel. And Jake's <laughs> like, oh, fuck, did Rachel turn into a grizzly bear in the middle of public and just start mauling people? Oh, no. <laughs> What's like, that is clearly what he's thinking at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. The, yeah. And this is also where I said, you know, the, this is the point of the book where I wrote, the, the thing is, mean Rachel isn't actually that different from normal Rachel. <laughs> yeah. And I don't necessarily think that that's a problem because, you know, that is sort of Rachel's arc, right? Is that like... Yeah. When the book starts, she's mostly nice Rachel with a mean Rachel buried in her. And yeah. by the time you're at book 22 or so, she's mostly mean Rachel with the nice Rachel now buried inside of her. Again, though, the nice Rachel at the start of the series is not the nice Rachel in this book, but the mean Rachel kind of is. So, like, yeah. if they... I wonder I wonder if it almost would have been better if mean Rachel wasn't anything like her. Because then you could be all like, listen, mm. I don't know what happened, but her personality also got totally fucked when they split her. But then that just maybe completely removes the... <laughs> yeah, like, no, maybe it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it would have been interesting if she was just written like she was in the first book, for instance. But yeah, only without any of the bravery, like she's she acts yeah. like that. But then she's like, no, I'm too scared. Like almost maybe she's if she was written more like Marco in the first book. Yeah, because right? Marco's the one who didn't want to do right. anything because he's too. Can I throw out another uh, reference to a thing that only I will understand? <laughs> I love those. Those are the best. Oh, great. <laughs> so there's a comic book series <laughs> called Lock and Key. Okay, they sure. All, People know what that is, though. They do? I mean, now yeah. it's a TV show on Netflix, but the show sucked. Yeah, yeah no, uh, people know about that. I don't really right. know about that, but people know. Well, I'll just this say isn't for... This fucking Thane Furrows. <laughs> I'll just say for folks that it's, uh, it's written by Joe Hill, who is uh, Stephen King's son. It's, I, it's, I think it's, it's, my, it's probably my favorite comic graphic novel series, period. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, there's a it's about magic keys and one of the keys lets you like go into somebody's head and you can literally like you walk inside and see like almost like inside out sort of like the personification of all their thoughts and emotions running around inside their brain. And one of the characters goes in there and finds their fear and takes it out of their head and puts it in a jar so that they don't have to be afraid anymore. And you see the consequences of them going around because now they're like they have no fear of being hurt they don't understand the risk of danger anymore they're just like confident and happy and excited about everything because and how the consequences of not having fear which i feel like which is a uh you know truthfully much it's a much more well done nuanced depiction of that (laughs) sort of thing but i feel like that's what this book is 
going for and maybe that's what they should have done better which is kind of what you were saying is I think it's that distinction between like anger and fear that they should have honed in on and it gets muddled up with all this stuff about like crying and being sad and liking shopping <laughs> is, the, mm-hmm. is the issue it's just not clean it's not the clear light, bright line <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so I I think the next section is where we start to see, like, they don't explicitly say it till later in the book, but we start to see it. And so I figure I might as well talk about it in this next section where I think that is really well handled. So, okay. um, If we want to, if you're, we can do this thing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mean and, uh, so mean and nice Rachel, they go home, right? Jake has told them to get the fuck out while they go do the mission. Mean and nice Rachel go home. Um, Mean Rachel is like, fuck Jake, I'm going to go on this mission anyway, and she leaves. Um, so she's she flies off to the BR, BRI, the Byers Research Institute. On, on, there's a bit on the way where she like tries to kill a random cat like as an eagle. Uh, she's like, she sees a cat and she wants to kill it, but then she fails, so she throws a screaming tantrum. Like she literally rolls around on the ground as a bird screaming. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> nice Rachel uh, calls her dad for help. Because she, 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 I don't know. Um, she's like, I need my daddy to to help me. Um, and he's like, What the fuck is going on? Are you on drugs? Uh, she <laughs> she tries to set a meeting to talk to him at the airport tomorrow, and he's like freaking out because she's clearly like losing her mind and maybe also dating Jake. Uh, because, <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, mean, mean Rachel arrives at the Byers Research Institute. She, um, she turns into a bear and steals the delivery truck and crashes it into a building and then steals a car and drives it around the building running over hork Um, but anyway, she screws up the whole thing because they're trying to be stealthy and Jake gets, like, fucking pissed at her. And, uh, and so the mission is, is failed and, and Mean Rachel comes back and is yelling at, at Nice Rachel and hitting her. And, uh, and she starts talking about, like, having to kill Jake, and Nice Rachel's like, oh, shit, she's probably going to kill me, too. Um. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> a lot of things, again. As always, a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, if I – to get into the – what I was – so here we are starting to see the second main difference between Nice and Mean Rachel. They'll, they'll start saying it explicitly later on, but here we start to really see it take, like, hold – uh, which is that um, mean Rachel, she can't really, like, plan anything. She's incapable of planning. She just does the first thing that comes to mind. She takes action. And nice Rachel gets all kinds of ideas for plans, but she can't, like, act on them because she is incapable of focusing in the short term. Um, like, both of them are missing part of their brain that allows them to, like, think things through properly in this way. So, like, in the when, when, when right. like, what I was saying earlier, when Nice Rachel comes off as dumb, it's more that she can't focus on what's going on right the hell now. Whereas when Mean Rachel is dumb, it's she can't understand the consequences of her actions. Um, yeah, I guess they are both dumb. <laughs> they are both fair. dumb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, to me, I think this is far more interesting because, like, I, I actually do think that if you consider them as a, a split between, like, Rachel's fear and Rachel's anger, this this fits really well in a way that is actually somewhat insightful and meaningful, right? Because you can sort of say, like, okay, so, you know, anger is a very useful emotion as, like, a short-term motivator, right? Like, I, I need to take action. I need to do something. One of the best emotions to 
get you to take action is anger. That's its purpose. That's what it does. It's a good and useful emotion. In the long term, it's incredibly destructive to long-term plans, right? Like you mess things up in the long term with it, but it has its uses. And then you you look at fear and you're like, okay, so fear is a very useful emotion because it lets you think things through. It makes you focus on potential issues down the line. It makes you like plan uh, around potential issues because you're afraid of them. But in the short term, it can cloud your judgment. It can paralyze you and make you incapable of acting. So like I, I think there's there there is something to this split beyond just, oh, there's a nice Rachel and there's a mean Rachel that I think is is quite interesting uh, and that I do think is well done. I don't think that that's, it's universally well done, but that particular aspect I like a lot. I, I wish it was illustrated or justified a little better, only in that... When I, the, I don't know the idea that mean Rachel literally is incapable of like thinking ahead more than 30 seconds <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it, at a certain point, it feels it feels silly to say it's ridiculous because the whole thing is already ridiculous. But I don't know. There was a point where I just thought, come on, like. It just makes me think too much about the why of it. It's like, well, why would when you split in two, one side of you can think ahead and one can't. Like it kind of makes sense metaphorically, but if you actually try to explain it, and and they 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 hammer it home a lot in the back half of the book. Like that's basically mm-hmm. the crux of the rest of the book is is the fact that they need each other because she can only think of what happens right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I do I like you know, the I, premise of it. I, yeah. Now, if you're really talking about why, I don't know if I can explain it with structure. It would work with memory, though. Like, with memory, you explicitly have different structures of the brain for remembering stuff from right now and remembering stuff from a long time ago. Maybe a neuroscientist could write in and say, well, actually, the long-term planning and the short-term ability to act Hmm. are totally different areas, and you could absolutely... But I don't actually know if that's true. (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't have as much of a problem with that just because I, th- I think it lines up so perfectly with this, like, anger-fear split. And I think that that's, you know, if you bring it back to the, like, everybody knows that anger and fear are connected, like the fear leads to anger Yoda thing, um, <laughs> you know, you can you can mm. almost see it as, yeah, mm, mm. but you, you can almost see it as, like, it's 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 almost less like what's the danger of living without fear and more like, what's the danger of anger without fear or fear without anger? It's almost like the two are symbiotic with each other and your ability to do things as opposed to being these like negative emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with anything you just said. Mm. I think again, a lot of it for me comes down to, I, I I just felt that the other aspects of nice Rachel Mm. were messing things up that it didn't, that that was like it was too it wasn't focused enough so that I was if those other parts worked a little better I wasn't I was too distracted by the parts that didn't yeah I I mean I 100% agree with you that uh if if everything about this worked that well um then I would love it but as it stands you know, as I said, I kind of went into this book being like, I want to be a, the separation apologist. I don't want to just go in and be like, oh, yeah, this is the bad book. Everybody knows it's the bad, the dumb book. Like, <laughs> I might no, be no, the no. separation I, I, apologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you might be. And and that's 
I, I'm down with that. I would love it if I imagine if our podcast comes out and it's like separation A. <laughs> 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 I, I Fucking S, that, baby. But, but uh but but I, I you know if everything worked as well as that I I think I would love this. But as it stands, yeah, it is very muddled by the fact that like the the the, the way that they just talk and think doesn't really line up with how it should be. Does it also in some ways, and I sort of, I sort of don't even agree with this, but I did, I I don't know. I do and don't, I like sort of felt this and didn't feel it simultaneously reading this book. (laughs) Sort of like two Rachels. Whoa. Uh, Was, um, uh, does it kind of, the fact that they so, they make the characterization of Rachel so explicit. <laughs> mm. Almost detract from it in a way. Like, it, it feels too much, like, up until this point, in one sense, it's almost a relief because I think we've said this about other aspects of these books before. And sometimes it feels like, does, does does Kay Applegate actually mean to write some of these themes or is it just kind of an accident because she so rarely like refers back to things? Uh, but here it's like, okay, we're clearly this journey of Rachel is happening. And it, is it almost made too obvious that now it's just, it's so in your face that it's not as interesting as when it was under the surface? Yeah, I mean, the, the the problem is that she she already made it very explicit that she was dealing with these themes in 22, which is a much better book. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, but it, like... But yeah, yeah I, I hear what not, you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it just wasn't this, you know. It doesn't get yeah. more obvious than this. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it's mean, more it literal. Does, yeah, I mean, hundred. If if you are looking at this and you're like, you know, I've learned a fun animal fact that starfish can regenerate, and I'm thinking about my favorite stupid trope from TV shows, and I want to write a book like that. Like, you can't, you can't have her divided into two Rachel personalities and then have them both be fully, like, fleshed out human beings. Like, they both have to be caricatures, because the whole point is that neither one of them is an actual full human being on their own. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that is almost like a... a you know, if that becomes an issue, it's kind of has to become an issue. Yeah. I don't know. These are just thoughts that I've had, but I, I want to be clear. I, For the most part, and at this point in time of the book, I'm on this book side. <laughs> so I'm just going to mm-hmm. say I have – I like I said, not everything is done perfectly, but I'm, I'm, I'm along for this ride mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I should also say for this section, one thing that people will also say about this book is they'll say like, uh, this is the book where Rachel beats someone to death with her own severed arm. Did you know there's a scene in Animorphs where Rachel beats someone to death with her own severed arm? Uh, And they're talking about this part of this book and they are not correct. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. We do not ever get to see Rachel beat someone to death with her severed arm. Rachel comes home, mean Rachel comes home to nice Rachel and says, you should have seen it. I beat someone to death with my own severed arm. We aren't actually there to see it, and I'm not sure that I believe Mean Rachel when she talks about what happened. Hmm, interesting. I kind of believe her. <laughs> I mean, I believe she would have, but like, I also believe that she would just start saying graphic things because it, she was all excited about it. That is another tricky thing about this book, is... There's a lot of times where Mean Rachel 
she seems to constantly talk about wanting to murder everybody. And it sort of seems like if she were really, if they were really going for it, maybe she just would <laughs> like mm. it all. Like there's not like at le- later in the book, it feels like there's some times where nothing's really stopping her. And it's like, why doesn't she just at least like punch somebody or cut somebody or stab somebody? <laughs> yeah. And she never really you know, goes for it. It's a lot of just like, Cause it doesn't I, read like she's all like it's all a front. Like it reads like she yeah. really wants yeah. to do it, but the writers won't let her do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is almost like she she can't even think clearly enough to do that. She she thinks kill and she goes to kill, right? And so so it'll be like Jake yeah. is a tiger and Rachel is a human, and she charges him, ready to beat him to death with her bare hands. And so of course she doesn't do anything. <laughs> her bare hands? Hmm. She should have morphed some bare hands. Yeah, so that that is another just a little thing that's like I you know it's hard because you can't maybe they made her too crazy <laughs> I don't know <laughs> or or I don't know I'm not really sure but they had to make her crazier than she already was or else right. you actually would be all like this is not half of Rachel <laughs> I, I guess it's just you know it feels too convenient that it's like the only actual violence she does is to Horkbajirs you know mm-hmm. like I, she should fuck somebody up <laughs> yeah. Listen, I I like the scene where she tries to kill a cat and uh, and then throws no, an no. actual tantrum. Like she, was, she fails. She doesn't even get close. She I just, never would have forgiven her. I still haven't forgiven yeah. Tobias. He ate a For, cat. He ate a roadkill. Oh cat. right, the roadkill cat. Yeah, Fucking it was already dead. Asshole. <laughs> uh, the and the and I mean we, we get we forget the beating with the arm. Who needs that when you have a grizzly bear riding a convertible plowing yeah, right? through Orkvajir? That's not enough for you? <laughs> yeah, she does She does do that. That's insane. It's she like... somehow hotwires it by jamming her finger into the ignition. I don't... Her claw. Yes, yes that's right. She discovers a bear claw <laughs> will hotwire a car. <laughs> she also uses... Like, and again, I mean, again, the... Again, the... What's the word I'm looking for? The concessions that a you must make when writing a young adult book, but she uses the phrase "when the stuff hit the fan." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they could just let she, her curse. You know, she could just say "when it hit the fan." You know, that would be so much better. Or even like you know, they'll say "bowl" sometimes, like when yeah. when the when it, yeah, like you said, that's that that's better. But whatever. Um, when the crap hit the fan, you could say that. That would yeah, be better. They do. They do say crap sometimes. Uh, listen, everybody wants the gritty Animorphs reboot that is exactly the same, but they're allowed to curse, and that's why it's gritty. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yeah. They get there sometimes. They get close, and the the conversation with the her dad on the phone is pretty funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> she immediate he immediately is like, "Are you dating Jake?" He jumps right there. Like clearly he there is a connection between these two that has not gone unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. gotta talk to you, Dad. Are you dating your cousin? <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, first he asks if she's on drugs, but he, she says something about Jake and <laughs> Yeah. Well, she says it's yeah. about boys, I think. Oh, it's then, about boys, yeah. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um and the drugs conversation, all that all that stuff is fun. It's all it's like this three's company shit of miscommunication it's funny yeah yeah uh there's like the call afterwards to her mom where she, where she hears her mom like immediately on the phone afterwards uh, being like no oh, yeah. i don't know if she's on drugs because i'm actually in her life every day yeah that was pretty good 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. It's funny. It's interesting uh, little character family window there. Yeah. What about uh, Bobo Bear? Oh yeah, love Bobo Bear. Love Bobo Bear. <laughs> yeah. This is Rachel's stuffed animal that we learned she loves. Yeah, and uh, mean Rachel rips Bobo Bear's arms off. <laughs> That's sad. It is sad. We also, I mean, Mean Rachel also tells Nice Rachel she's not allowed on the bed and is all like, I'll break your arms if you go on the bed. (laughs) We find out later that Mean Rachel is making Nice Rachel sleep on the floor. (laughs) But later she's in the bed when she comes back and she does not break her arms. Mm, Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I feel like she should have broken her damn arms. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she ripped off Bobo Bear's arms. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Uh, There's also the bit where Jordan is at the door and is like, you talking to yourself? And and Rachel, mean Rachel screams at her and she's like, all right, fine. Just checking in on how fucking crazy you are. I, I have to imagine her family is aware that, that like something is very wrong with her at this. Like you, her family has to be here. Like Rachel's gotten kind of fucked up in the past couple of months, huh? Like how could they not know? Yeah, they know. Oh, they know. They yeah. know. All right, we should probably move on to the rest of this book before hour three. Yeah, <laughs> listen, we got through the uh, the, 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 the the there's stuff. a lot of thematic stuff to cover. Yeah, that covers that's the whole the book. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they call another meeting at the barn. There's like a part in school where they're like testing nice Rachel, um, and mean Rachel's like spying it out as a fly. Um, so at the barn, Eric is back. Um, yeah. The, their raid failed, and uh, and the Yerks are moving the anti-morphing ray, or AMR, uh, and they are doing a Mission Impossible-style thing or something, where they're, they're going to have three trucks, right, and two of them are decoys, so the Animorphs are going to have to follow all the trucks to find the right one, and uh, whatever. Anyway, the... Um, Eric tells them this and immediately leaves. Again, I don't know what the fuck his problem is, this book. <laughs> He's got I guess shit it's to every do. Book. Um... <laughs> And the Animorphs discuss putting the Rachels back together. Axe has, like, some plan, um, but they will have to get the Rachels to agree to it, and also the Rachels might die in the process. Um, Mean Rachel, listening in, gets pissed off when she hears Jake say that they can't use her, and she demorphs to attack him, and they restrain her, and uh, and chaos ensues as nice Rachel shows up there. Um, But they... They restrain Mean Rachel, and she throws a tantrum and decides she's going to have to kill everyone, basically. They really should have figured out a way to restrain her earlier, I think. Yeah. (laughs) When Jake is just like, hey, don't come, and they leave, it's like, really? You thought that was going to—that wouldn't even hold back normal Rachel. (laughs) You thought this—Rachel wouldn't— Yeah. should have tied her up, man. (laughs) Yeah, and here they, like—they, like— I mean, they, 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 like, restrain her, and they have, like, axes, like, knock her out or whatever, but they're also just, like, yeah, we can't really hold her. She's gonna... whatever. Yeah, uh, they, the way, oh, no, I'm sorry, they don't even get to that part yet. Oh, Jesus that's Christ, later, yeah. that's later, yeah. that's yeah. later, yeah, because they're not even actually going on this mission yet. They're just discussing the fact that they... Like, the fact that Rachel attacks them just completely derails the whole point that they were... They were trying to have a meeting, and the whole thing is derailed, basically. Is this um, maybe this is not till later that we they've specifically mentioned David as well? Yeah, it's later. Uh, yeah, it's later. yeah. At some point they specifically do it. But I, I did. I was, I, I was gonna say I do wonder if maybe people 
don't like the book because it sort of feels like a retread of the David stuff in a way. Interesting. I don't yeah, know. I hadn't really thought about that, but that that's possible. Um, yeah, like I don't think I think it's for me it's more specific about Rachel, so it separates itself. But yeah, it kind of covers a similar ground, as they uh, even say. <laughs> yeah, there's but, something here that that could be interesting if they did anything with it, but they don't. Where Eric is like, I'm kind of jealous of Knights Rachel because she got to like let the evil angry part of her like out. And so it can do what needs to be done, but she doesn't have to like do it herself. And I, there, there's almost something there, but he literally just says that and then leaves. So like, yeah. whatever. I, I like it though. I don't know. It, yeah. I, I sort of, at least it was something for Eric that it made perfect sense for him. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It could have been, if this book were twice as long, you could have had a lot more subplot with Eric. Cause it almost seems like, yeah, this is, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think of Eric when this concept began, but it's like perfectly aligns with his desires, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, they but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I, I like the morphing sequences in this book, I want to say, uh-huh. because they are... They actually read different <laughs> because mm-hmm. the two Rachel's personalities are so different and extreme that they describe the morphing in very different ways. And whereas I feel like, you know, at this point in the series, every other book, if if someone's morphing, I almost in my brain just skip ahead a page because it's literally the same shit every time of it felt like I was falling Oh, this time it came out of here. Guess what? I kind of felt it, but not really. (laughs) Yeah. All that's here too, but at least you get like, oh, I loved it, or it was so scary. (laughs) So it was a little something. (laughs) That makes sense. I could see that. I think I, my I brain is still it. just goes on autopilot for that. <laughs> yeah, it was. They were. I actually thought last book. I can't remember what it was. There was a morphing sequence in the last book that I remember also thinking, "This is kind of better." than it normally is. Hmm. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember, yeah. Uh, oh, can we talk a little bit about Marco's proclivities here? Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, because there's a bit where Rachel, I mean, Rachel's like, I want Marco whipped. And uh, I think we've been over <laughs> oh, how Marco yeah. feels about that sort of thing in oh, actually yeah. the last KA book in the Helmicrons book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. He... Listen, for as many fanfics as Nice Rachel spinning off, there's just as many for Mean Rachel, if not more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just want to throw that one out there. <laughs> and I also, for the record, I don't think that Marco was testing her. <laughs> I think that was yeah. a cover. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. He was not involved in this plan when he asks Nice Rachel, hey, you think I'm cute, right? We could yeah. we could be good together. No, he yeah. was fully ready for this to work out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this, also, this, here's more fanfics for you to write. I will I will be writing them. And um, also, I guess this is not this is probably not an original line. It's the thing people probably a cliche thing, but. I thought it was really funny when nice Rachel gets scared by the school bell ringing and Marco just standing there just says, switch to decaf. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I mean, listen, Marco's funny in this book. I feel like Marco (laughs) is almost a little funnier than you are. Like, hey, Applegate definitely knows how to make Marco funnier than even his baseline funny. 
Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the, this situation, he's, you know, he's got, this is like catnip for him. He's got yeah. the jokes, baby. He sure does. <laughs> really good. I, oh, I want to talk more about uh, the chi. Sure. Which maybe this probably isn't the time or place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the time or place. It's of all the books we remember. Can skip this. You said you told me at some point. I don't remember if it was on pod that if we ever actually hit three hours, we're done with the podcast. It's all <laughs> yes. over. So just we're not keep gonna, that in mind as you talk. We're not going to do that. But I did when Eric is talking about this anti morphing ray, and they go, "He's like, yeah, where is, are they moving it to? Oh, that's a level of secrecy. Even the chi cannot penetrate. Um, just what exactly?" Do they have a mole in the Yerks? Are there? Do they have drones, nano machines? How are they getting their information? What the so fuck is the? They deal? are getting their information through moles. Eric is a mole. Um, they are. Like oh, he, that's been confirmed. I don't. Yeah, remember in the yours. first in the first book, they found Eric at a sharing meeting uh, because oh. he he is pretending to. He actually has a Yerks held hostage trapped in his head who he's feeding a continuous stream of Kandron. What the fuck? I, I feel like this should be coming up every book. It probably what should, the- right? I completely forgot about this. That's insane. No, I think it didn't it happen like last book or something or or maybe maybe it's coming up and hasn't happened yet. I don't recall. Yeah, maybe this it is coming, coming up. up. There there's there's yeah. But like there there Eric is a sharing member, so Okay, it's but uh, yeah, you yeah. would think it's not like they haven't hacked into the Yerks before because the Chi can just do that. Yeah, I mean, like, it just clearly it's very convenient of what they can know or not know is just yeah. it's fully just an invented plot device, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, kind of annoying, but whatever. Yeah, all I right. feel that. Uh, all right, so so nice Rachel goes to the airport to meet up with her dad. Um, in between, like, transferred flights. Remember, Tim Zoomer doesn't know this, but you used to, I barely know this, you used to be able to just kind of, like, go to the airport and hang out at the terminal. So, yeah. like, that's literally, he's in between two flights and she just goes and sees him at a restaurant. You used anyway, to be able uh, to dramatically stop your your lover before they left forever on an airplane. <laughs> you used to be able to do that. Uh Yeah. Uh, mean Rachel has followed her here. Um, mean should note that Mean Rachel specifically says her plan is to go to the airport and then kill someone, but she does not know who she is going to kill. <laughs> That's her plan. <laughs> uh, nice, Ra- so nice. Rachel's like having a conversation with her dad, which um, I'm sure is a, an extremely concerning conversation for him, um, and she's <laughs> planning on telling him all about the Yerks, uh, but. Uh, before she can, she sees Mean Rachel from across the room, and she gets up and runs away. And uh, Mean Rachel comes over and starts like yelling and making a scene until her dad drags her away. And and at this point, she's like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to kill him too." Um, <laughs> <laughs> cover covered a decent amount of time here. I honestly, I I really like this scene. This is probably my favorite part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> really. I think the scene is funny, honestly. I here okay. So hear me out. Did you ever see I think it's called um Twin Dragons. It's like a Jackie Chan movie. No. Where I where there's two Jackies and they're identical twins who are separated at birth and one of them is like he was raised by like 
rich elites and he's like a delicate piano player and doesn't know anything about confrontation and the other guy's like a street thug. So what you're describing is the parent trap. (laughs) Well, basically, except this is Jackie Chan. So in this, the the entire movie is just there's a joke in which a bunch of um, thugs see the like delicate pian- pianist de- uh, Jackie and are like, oh my God, he's going to beat us up. Oh no, he's so scary. And he's scared of them. And a bunch of guys are like, oh, well, look at how like he's such a like pathetic weakling. He can't do anything. And then, and then the other Jackie beats him up. And it basically is just like the amount of mileage they get out of just swapping the two of them back and forth with each other without <laughs> anyone realizing what's going on is very funny to me and very good. And I, I see, honestly, a lot of potential with that, with this. I wish there were more scenes in which Nice and Mean Rachel just kind of swapped places with each other. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely, that sounds like a perfect example that I haven't seen. But I I wrote down, these are not, this is not really the same, but I wrote down Cyrano <laughs> or like, you know, on the sitcom when you have two dates at the same time. I feel like there's, Mm-hmm. Or like maybe Mrs. Doubtfire does it when he, he has to like take the makeup on and off really fast or something like there's this is definitely a trope in in comedies yeah. where there's like, yeah, two people swapping and have to pretend to be the other person. Parent trap, I said. Yeah. And I, that is fun. It's fun. Yeah. I like when her dad says, Rachel, have you joined a cult? <laughs> because drugs <laughs> is not cutting it anymore. Yeah, it's called the behavior. sharing, dad. Yeah, I like when um, Mean Rachel is demanding service from the waitress, and instead of being like, over here, can I get some service? She says, the strong should be served before the weak. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's uh, it's Stefan Urkel. I... <laughs> Ah, oh, come on. I mean, I must know what, I know what this is, obviously, but uh, I don't yeah. actually know what this is. On Family Matters, Urkel yeah. invents a, a machine that when he goes into it, he comes out as his alter ego, who's like a super suave, cool guy, Stefan Urkel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to come up with like the perfect, I hit my microphone. I'm trying to come up with the perfect <laughs> analogy, like, like you did, but for something I know, cause I know this is a thing that's like, it, this is in a million often we'll check TV tropes. I'm sure there's a term for it. Cause it is a yeah. thing for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, nuts. I, <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was very funny and I wished we had seen a little bit more like it, it seems like this or the scene with her family. Like I almost wait because you're saying like in the the missions are all kind of happening in the background and that's kind of true but also like Mean Rachel keeps going on them and messing them up and I almost wish we'd had like Mean Rachel just like didn't do that and just went off to do some other shit instead and they just we're just only seeing Mean and Nice Rachel like swap back and forth and cause chaos or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? I, I found I found TV tropes here. We've got uh, this happens in Arrested Development with Maybe and her fictional twin sister. Mm. <laughs> she posts. Oh, and also George Senior and Oscar. What the hell's her name from Easter Bunny Puppy? <laughs> the Easter Bunny Puppy, a movie the everyone Easter... listening is familiar with. <laughs> the Easter Bunny Puppy. Only in there she has to pretend she has a twin. It's Marion, the twin sister, and I don't remember her name. Then there's then there's the twin switch here, which is when they intentionally try to. There's 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 variants of this. Oh, that's that's a spoiler. Oh, they they reference um. <laughs> this says every Olsen twins movie has at least one of this <laughs> okay. happening. 
There we go. The Margot references them. I should have thought of that. Oh, and this was another. Um, I did think of this later on in this book, The Prestige, <laughs> but we mm. don't need to get into that. Yeah, that's too much to get into. Oh, the, uh, yeah, Jackie Chan is on here. Twin Dragons, Us. That is what it's called. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's. It's. This is. I don't know. I. It's fun to. It's fun. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that that are good here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have I my example for how nice Rachel talks comes from this section because I think it's probably her most nice Rachel-y bit. Uh, she says, "I was like in the restaurant having a croissant." I didn't want one, duh, but you, like, had to order, or, or but you had to, like, order, or they don't let you sit there? <laughs> I can't even say it. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the part where I was like, I thought she just seems really dumb now. <laughs> I didn't, like, that, like, that's just, like, airhead shit. Well, you she's know. just up talking. It doesn't mean she's stupid. She she doesn't know that you can't just sit in a restaurant without ordering something. That's kind of stupid. Well, she's afraid they might kick her out. <laughs> Some <if she> restaurants <laughs> might not let you. <laughs> she's yeah, no, afraid. That's what I'm. They they don't. That's what I'm saying. It's stupid that she doesn't know that. <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, was, an airport es- restaurant certainly is not going to, but. Yeah, so maybe maybe in the Animorphs universe they would. Sure, I didn't have that much to say about the scene besides the ten minutes we just spent talking. About. <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. Okay, <laughs> very great. little, very little in the way of notes. Um, so they meet up at the barn again. This is this a record for the most barn scenes in a book? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe separate barn scenes. Yeah, they meet up at the barn again, and um. So, you know, once again, nice Rachel is there as a person and mean Rachel is there. And la, 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 nice Rachel. Right. Just, just on that one. <laughs> and they are, they're, they're back to talking about the split truck plan, right? With all the, the three trucks. Um, and Jake <laughs> says that one of the Rachels is going to have to go because everyone needs backup, right? Like the, you can't, if they have five people, one person's going to have to go without backup. Axe says he can do it. Jake says, no, you can't do it. Um, so they demand that nice Rachel be the one to do it because even though she doesn't want to and is like incapable of doing things, um, mean Rachel is completely out of control. Um, Cassie at this point appeals to her sense of duty, which she, um, sensed went to nice Rachel in the split for some sure. reason. There's another thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they knock out mean Rachel here and then nice Rachel and Jake go off to their let's station whatever together as an owl team. Um, and this is the part where Jake's like, well, I don't know how to restrain her and we can't leave anyone back. So screw it. If she comes after, she comes after us. Yeah. Um, Um, by the way, the, the airheadedness is a quote. That's not even my, my own language. He, they, they literally, uh, Marco refers to nice Rachel as a pathetic whiner who's made up of all the fear and self-doubt and indecisiveness and airheadedness that hide way down inside of Rachel. And that I, to me is the most egregious. I do not think any airheadedness ever yeah. hid inside of Rachel. Yeah, so I agree. And in and fact, I think is. in book, I think in book one, they specifically say she's the kind of person you would think is an airhead, but she is not an airhead. Like, I think they use that word in book one 
and say yeah. that is not her. That's that's more like how people perceive her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it feels like Kay Appley just got that confused. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. So so it's definitely it's not just like, you know, people reading into it or me just thinking she's dumb. Like the book is saying she's dumb too. <laughs> so at least Marco thinks she's dumb and I'm nothing if not on Marco's side. That's fair. Uh <laughs> Can you think of any way thematically in which the fact that nice Rachel has a sense of duty like fits or is it just like it it just no. happened to well, be the case? I mean, it's 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 sort of the it's it it's like her finding her other she has to find something otherwise this character literally will just yeah. cower in a corner and forever and do nothing. So they had to give her something. Yeah. But, but like I, I think about it and I'm just well, like, okay, so like nice Rachel cares about other people, so she has a sense of duty. But is that actually important? Like, is that more important to your sense of duty than your ability to act in the moment? Like, I don't it just I don't know. It feel like as you said, it feels like they gave that to her because they just needed to give that to her. And Cassie kind of had a sense that she had it because she just did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you could argue maybe they set it up a little in the beginning when because how she feels about Tobias that she's like, mm. I think these boys are That's cute, true. but I must s- be loyal. To- I, maybe if they framed it more as loyalty than yeah. or honor, I guess they're all sort of from the yeah, same. Yeah, I still don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, they, it, I guess Cassie tests her at, when she's testing her at the school. She says she's like, oh, why do you have to go to the barn? And she's like, because everyone's expecting me. Mm. I guess maybe that sets it up. I don't know. It's really just fear of not being <laughs> of what'll maybe happen. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that is what it is. Like it's it's fear mm. of of letting people down. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is the whole uh, again, it's just like how what is the science behind this split? Like what yeah. did this was it just completely random? Is there something that like I I I kind of wanted them to ask Axe like in the history of morphs do you know of anything like this happening before like why would it why would it just decide why wouldn't it just make two rachels that are the same why wouldn't it make yeah it is it is uh, kind of weird like because you, know, you think about when he sees um in book 19 when cassie does the metamorphosis thing right axe hmm. comes in and he's just like oh well if the if the thing undergoes natural metamorphosis you'll just be able to, to morph again i already know that this is a known factor here i guess he has enough theoretical knowledge to be like i think i can jerry rig a solution with some rachels he said earlier in the book but like it doesn't feel like he knows like it it seems very odd like what has and hasn't come up and is known i don't know it's weird yeah you could have just said yeah i i just found it so yeah it's confusing and axe doesn't you'd think he would have more of an interest in this but he doesn't seem to really (laughs) be involved much at all except for hitting people with his tail (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I wish, like you said, I wish the, at least if the metaphor was more consistent, you know what I mean? Like, if I could if I could actually take that earlier metaphor and extend it to everything here, but I can't. Like, too much of it is just like, oh, and also this, they're split, don't worry about it. This was the part of the book where I, so we, we're getting back into the main plot here of the, it's the quote-unquote main plot of the anti-morphing ray. Yeah. We've got this truck scene coming up. They, they're explaining the trucks, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and this was, I, I was glad by this point of the book, I, I think I was almost worried throughout the rest that the anti-morphing ray was going to come up more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was glad it didn't. I, and this is where I said, I, my the note that I wrote was, a less restrained K.A. Applegate-written book <laughs> might have gone off the deep end cramming a whole other-ass plot in here. <laughs> so props to K.A. Applegate for, I think maybe she learned something from maybe even the Ghost Writer books, if not her own David mm. trilogy, that it was. it's just better to, like, she made the smart decision of focusing on the important parts of this book and not, like, a worse version of this book that I think we have read before mm-hmm. would have had would have had 40% of it would be them on heist missions and shit before they actually got back to Rachel's doppelganger. And I'm just so glad they didn't do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel you on that. I, I think that the book would have been better if there had been even less, but I I still (laughs) think that you are right. Well, I mean, there's a, they get to it here in the ending, but there isn't, there's very little of it before that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but um, so I, I did want to mention there's a, a bit that happens here that is another thing that um, could almost work, and a little bit more has been done with this, but so there's a bit here where, where Rachel is going through. It, what you said at the beginning, you said this could only work for Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel is thinking about the other characters, like, what happens if you split any of them up? Or do you get, like, a mean and nice Marco? Is this a thing? And she she happens upon Tobias, and she says, if you split Tobias in two halves, you just have a bird and a boy. <laughs> um, I do think there's some interesting parallels to be drawn there. Uh, like, I wonder if, like, if you can use those parallels to, like, solidify your reasoning for a Rachel and Tobias pairing. Like, this really, uh, this really is the mm. shipping book, right? Where you, where you could be all, like, Rachel has the human and psychopath parts of her and Tobias has the human and predator parts. I don't know how much this book does with it. Although at least there is like flirtation between Rachel and Tobias and the two Rachel's thinking about why they like him. I don't know. There's something there. More so about Jake and Marco, but yeah, they're, (laughs) they do think about Tobias. Yes. Yes. More so about Jake and Marco. Uh, I, I, I should point out that Jake puts Rachel on his team. I'm wondering if it's a Fred and Daphne type sitch here, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, must, it probably is. Probably. And doesn't also, isn't Rachel like on top of Marco in that barn scene? I mean, she's like beating him, but still. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like there's some tension there. Yeah, could have been some tension. Could have been some tension. And anyway, I'm not going to say what kind because that would be inappropriate. Mm. Romantic tension. Yeah. Romantic. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. Yeah, I want to figure out what would all the other split animorphs be. <laughs> it would be. I feel like some of them. Like I think Cassie would actually be a fascinating one to do this. Mm-hmm. Just to repeat this plot with <laughs> that she's like. I don't. Well, I don't really know the Cassie who's willing to who under like the pragmatic Cassie versus the uh, the sympathetic Cassie or something like that. Yeah, it would be interesting because because Rachel says here there might be like a really big nice Cassie and a really tiny mean Cassie, but I'm I'm not sure I agree with her. I think you might have like two 
very strong-willed, very determined Cassies, one of whom is like, I will not allow any violence to happen under any circumstances, and one of whom is all like, violence is necessary for the greater good, there's no getting around that fact, and the two, like, yeah. you could see those two really going at it. Because that's, yeah. that's what the best Cassie books are, is her having that argument with herself. I think what I'd really just like is two Marcos, because that's a party. <laughs> that is a party. They would both be funny. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. The humor would not, you couldn't take that away. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't have the funny Marco and the serious Marco. Like they'd both be funny. God, what if you did though? That maybe it would be like (laughs) funny Marco and the other one's just depressed and sad because of his mom. That's what fucking K Applegate would do. But but really what it should be is is it should be the Marco who doesn't take anything seriously and the Marco who's super depressed and sad and take things seriously and they both (laughs) joke about it. Like one of them just makes jokes for fun and the other one makes jokes to cope. But in reality, it would be wrong for them not to. If anything, the depressed Marco should be the funny one. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know what it is? It's the mask. That's another, that's another like swaparoo. Like, Mm. I'll be right back. Oh, it's me. I'm not the mask. Was he just here? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Similar kind of thing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I hear what you're, I hear what you're doing here. All right, uh, we can move on. We, that could be a whole ep- Patreon episode. It's all about the split yeah. Animorphs. We don't have time for that. If I split into two halves, can I not finish the podcast, please? Do you think, on that <laughs> note, uh, do you think one of us is the that mean note. Rachel? <laughs> one of us is the nice Rachel? <laughs> You've got to be the mean one because you're so mean. I think the fact that you just said that makes you the mean Rachel. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Because I would never say that about you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, right, you are it's not that. true. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is a similar relationship. I think you're. A, I do actually. I I think you are a simpering, sniveling <laughs> coward that's pathetic and weak. Thank you. <laughs> and you uh, love shopping. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite one to one, but yeah, it's a sort of pretty close (laughs) all right uh jake and nice rachel fly out there's um the big action sequence they like land on a truck and turn into roaches um nice rachel is like freaking out the whole time uh the truck goes into a tunnel and they get gassed um while this is happening oh yeah i said mean rachel she like wakes up in a rage and she follows them she follows them into the tunnel um jake and rachel uh, when they come to from being gassed, they are trapped in tiny boxes. Jake and Nice Rachel. I keep saying just Rachel. Um, yes, so they're tra- Yeah, Jake and Nice Rachel are trapped in these tiny boxes as cockroaches. And um, while this is happening, Mean Rachel sneaks in as a hork And she, when she gets in, she starts just killing all the other hork guards. Um, Visser 3 sees that she is there and he locks them in. And he starts closing the walls in to crush them uh, unless they surrender. Since Andalites are claustrophobic, he's like, surrender, Andalites are my uh, wall-closing Star Wars compactor will get you. Um, Jake, at this point, goes silent. And the two Rachels think that maybe he has been stomped on uh, because there's been a lot of chaos in the killing. Um, And Mean and Nice Rachel are going to have to work together to get out because they can't do it alone. Um, so they're all like, oh, Visser 3, we'll never surrender. We'll just kill ourselves instead. And Visser 3 is like, oh no, open the doors quick so they don't do that. And, uh, having morphed fly, they fly into his ear 
and threaten to demorph and kill him unless he lets them go. So they all get out, and uh, and once they get out, Jake admits to them that he went silent on purpose so that they would learn a valuable lesson about how they need each other and agree to be put back together. Um, so I have I have a couple of notes here. Yeah, I have a note, a bullet point here. Uh, it says this is stupid. Um, <laughs> under it, under it, I have three sub bullet points. Uh, they are Jake is stupid. Uh, Visser 3 is stupid, and K. Applegate is stupid. <laughs> uh, oh, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, what the fuck is Jake doing? <laughs> Great question. Great question. Like, why, why did he think that they would be able to do this? Why did he think that these characters who are inherently irrational and incapable of learning or growing, like, by default, would learn or grow? And I guess they did, but, like, well, and what was he going to do if they didn't? Was he just going to get crushed? Like, what? what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't. I can't really fault you too much for those notes. Uh-huh. This is definitely the point where the book goes off the rails. I, I found all all of this, a lot of this, really hard to follow. That's first, reasonable. Firstly, the truck scene itself. Okay, so there's three trucks. Two of them are decoys, so they have to follow all three, right? Yes. But, well, first of all, they're like hanging onto the top of the trucks as birds. And then Jake is telling her to demorph to human and then morph again on top of a moving truck. Like, how does that work with physics that she doesn't just fly off? I don't even understand what's uh, how that. Or, and is it dark out again? This has happened. This isn't the yeah. first time they've morphed on top of a moving fucking car in public, but like, no one's watching this. I mean, they wouldn't How? fall off if there was no air resistance, but there is. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> great. And then it's like, he's like, you have to turn into a cockroach because a tunnel's coming up. Right. And, and you'll get hit. Big. That it makes no sense. The tunnels, what it like literally just goes to the very top of the truck. Like the right, an so, owl can't bend down or whatever. Right. The, the clearance that the truck has on the tunnel is got to be like three inches or something. <laughs> it's, that's and like, and they didn't, they couldn't, I don't, there had to be a better way. Like, why wouldn't they turn into bugs and just hide on the truck? Or I, I don't know. Like, I mean, why not just do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you you ask about uh, you ask about is it dark? And this brings up a related question: If this is a York trap, they weren't watching their truck while it went into the tunnel to see if anybody morphed on like around it. <laughs> yeah, didn't, like, sure. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> they also specifically lampshade in here, like when when Nice and Mean Rachel are working together in the closing room. Nice Rachel's like. Oh, we probably shouldn't be human right now. And Mean Rachel's like, "Oh, I bet he doesn't have cameras in here or anything." <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't. Don't worry about it. I mean, to it's be fine. fair, he never has before. Right. Why would he start now? Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the whole. So for, then there's a part about Jake lying to her. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which specific part? 
<laughs> yeah, like when does that? That's kind of happens all the time, probably. No, um, uh, I got to go back to it. I have it. It's not the part where oh, he just like pretended to to not be there, so they work together, is it? It's something else. No, it's while they're on the truck. Still, they're it's pre. Oh, okay. It's pre gas. The bridge is. Oh, Jake says you have to. You have to more fast because there's a bridge. The bridge is coming up, and then um, she she morphs into the roach, and then she says, "Are we past the bridge yet?" And he it says he didn't answer, so he had lied. That's Jake. The mission comes before anything. What? What does that? What do you mean? Then they, that's it. They don't elaborate. He lied that the bridge, there wasn't a bridge. So wait, did she even have to morph at all? What was the lie? I, I don't even understand what the, what that means. Am I missing something? So then I thought, and then I'll just keep going. Cause right, basically right after that, it says, oh, the truck stopped. I smell gas. And I woke up in like a cage and Jake is telling her to calm down. I had no fucking clue what was happening. I I was assuming based on what yeah, the maybe. thing was earlier that Jake just set this whole thing up that there isn't even a Yerk thing here at all. That this is just his plan to control the two Rachels. It, I was so confused until they finally reveal Horkbajir in there. I didn't maybe know what the I fuck got, was going on. Maybe I got confused and they she just didn't have to morph cockroach for the tunnel at all because there was no tunnel maybe i got confused about that shit maybe she well, he literally no, just made her yeah. morph am i can am i am i wrong on what's no i here? think i think that i think you're right in that that's what the, it reads as but there's literally you know one two sentences about jake lied and then they don't elaborate on it so yeah maybe that maybe he did lie but how does he know she needs to be a roach? Like, how would he know the Yerks are going to trap them? How does he know that? And none of it makes any sense. <laughs> and it's very, yeah. and it's not very well explained or detailed. It's like, I, I couldn't blame you at all for if, if you misread something for yeah. doing so. It's weird. Like, yeah. where did the gas come from? I don't know where they are. It's, it's just happened so fast. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about these action sequences is that a lot of them have similar problems. And I always feel like when I'm trying to summarize them, I'm like, I'm almost playing two games where like one of the games is is being like, I just kind of don't need to talk about this because it does like nothing interesting happens here. It's an action <laughs> sequence. Who gives a shit? And the other game is, okay, it's impossible to follow what's going on. So I need to read it very carefully word for word so that I actually understand what's going on because there's like a 50% chance that John will say, I don't know what happened and he'll be right to say it. And I need to be able to give a one sentence summary of what happened. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of how it goes. I yeah. thought this one was worse than usual, though. This was a. I think you're was, right. This was confusing in a way that it like it mattered how they got from point A to point B, and I didn't understand it. Yeah, but it was it was weird. I found it weird. Um, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like then, then there's a bunch of bugs in in traps. So and so so we find out that this is the Fister Three's plan. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he's gonna so, he's gonna trap them. His plan is there's so many things to dissect here. So 
he knew, was there even an anti-morphing ray? Because it doesn't appear ever. We never actually, it doesn't get used. It, I assume it's never brought up again. <laughs> Does it all a, a yeah, I fake mean- I mean, it is it is true. I, so we do find out at the very end of this book that every truck is a decoy. Like, none of these trucks had the anti-morphing ray. All of them were decoys, and because every single one of these trucks was designed to bring the Animorphs into a trap. So he knew they were following him. Maybe they... What are the implications of this for the cheese spy yeah. system? I mean, I, I guess I guess he... Um, he knew they were attacking the because they already attacked the anti morphing ray facility, so he knew right. they were after it. So that that part works. If the whole anti morphing ray is like fake, um, then that does have some pretty serious implications for the Chi network. But <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> How can we believe any intel they give us anymore? Yeah, because th- at that point you start thinking, oh, that he knows they've got a mole, like. Regardless that, of whether, yeah. I like to imagine Visitor 3 just being like, just, I don't know, tell him there's a fucking anti-morph ray. <laughs> uh, sir, what's that? It fucking antis your morph. Fuck off and just tell him that. Like, it's much, it works a lot better if it's stupid because Visitor 3 just made it up. Do they explain what the anti-morphing ray is? Yes. They okay. say that, I believe they say it just like turns you back into your original form or okay. like stops you from morphing or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it I I don't know it's stupid either way but also the fact that in this truck so he also set up all these tiny cages for tiny bugs right he knew they'd probably go bugs so he guessed it and and they went through and picked up every bug in the truck <laughs> which I guess the there were dozens of them like yeah, why there were there more so bugs. bugs they talk about stepping on some of the bugs <laughs> it's really weird there's this many bugs and then there's, there's bugs everywhere <laughs> they, he also put up a countdown clock <laughs> yeah just, just to intimidate them. yeah it counts down from two hours so they know that they will uh they'll be trapped in morph it's so, so fucking ridiculous. Also, doesn't he know Andalites have an innate sense of time, so they would know anyway? Yeah, that's true. He does not need to do that. <laughs> it's so fucking... And that's the, the, the stupidest part of all of it. When he says his big plan, I'm, I'm going to capitalize on an Andalite's greatest fear, being crushed to death. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, claustrophobia is Nandalite's greatest fear. But you're just going to die anyway. It's just death. It's just I'm going to kill you. It's not yeah, a... It's... It, <laughs> it is a scarier death to an Andalite than like a battle in bravery. I think this that reminds that is me true. Of, what I don't think is... <laughs> yeah, well, just, there's a Harold and Kumar <laughs> joke scene where a guy says, Oh, you found my only weakness, bullets. <laughs> It feels like that. <laughs> well, he the the problem is that if he just says I'll kill them, then then they'll just say we are brave Andalite warriors and we face our death with honor. But here he's like, I'm not just going to kill you. It's going to be a claustrophobic death. And they're like, Oh my god, I hate <laughs> being stupid. in enclosed spaces. <laughs> Fucking stupid. I don't but buy it for a second. <laughs> now, I mean, what's really dumb though yes. is that when they're all like, Well, we'll just kill ourselves instead of being like. <laughs> Well, fuck, my plan failed. I guess I'm not going to be able to get him to demorph. Uh, I guess they'll just die then. Oh, well. Big, what a loss. He's like, no, no. I better open the fucking room. 
and yes. le- the way the way he's done like three, four, at least half a dozen times before, I'm sure. And they, and it always is wrong. <laughs> it's the worst conceived plan. I will threaten them with death. The only way they can beat me is if they also threaten me with their own deaths. <laughs> Because he wants them to surrender so he can infest, which again, it still isn't clear to me why he's so obsessed with infesting them when all of his power comes from having the only Andalite morph. He should want them dead. He should be kind of scared of giving them to his lieutenants who might then usurp him. Great point. Maybe he thinks he's going to control. He's so arrogant, I guess, that he just thinks it'll make him Visser 1. I guess that's all he going to infest all of them. Shouldn't he at least be Visser 2 now if Visser 1's d- discommunicated or, or excommunicated? No, because he sucks too much. They promoted someone else above him. <laughs> Why the fuck is he 3? Anyway, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. I, you're, you think you're going to kill you? No, 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 no. I'm going to kill you. Don't kill yourself or I'll, I won't kill you if you do that. Uh, it's whatever. It doesn't, it's, it's fucking stupid. This is it's the so don't stupid. hit me, I'll hit me defense. Yeah, you're not, you can't quit. You're fired or whatever i don't know yeah. um okay and then and then the jake of it all <laughs> it's so funny this whole thing like this really this was not the appropriate time to be teaching life lessons <laughs> okay this was a legitimate life or death situation maybe and he jake did, is- maybe you were 100% right and he <laughs> led them in here on purpose knowing that viscer 3 was trapping them because this was his plan the whole time I maybe it was yeah I mean it would sort of align better with his character going off the deep end but he's just like oh just hang back they'll work it out if I interfere <laughs> like meanwhile the, the, they could like reveal themselves as human or anything it's just so <laughs> incredibly stupid and they specifically say earlier there's a bit earlier where Rachel the nice Rachel is like you know how you do something scary and then you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad and you learn that it wasn't scary anymore? That part of me is gone. I do not have the ability to learn to be a better person. I cannot learn and change. Like, fundamentally, I am split in half and only by having the other half can I learn to be someone else. These characters are not rational. They cannot be taught lessons. (laughs) Why do you think they can be taught lessons? Why can they be taught lessons? (laughs) This this goes right back to my problem with the movie Inside Out, <laughs> which I think I've talked about on this podcast, which is it's, they're, the whole character is they're just an emotion. They're literally just sadness. How can sadness overcome sadness that defeats who they are? <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, Inside yeah. Out 2 in theaters. Uh, it's it's on digital on demand now. I'm so just just to not date the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, oh, no, I do. I do want to say I do like. I just wanted to see Mean Rachel go ape shit on Visser Three. I think that would be good. I like that she goes in his ear and threatens to expand and explode his brain. That's a good. Yeah. That part is cool. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the whole point, right, is that Mean Rachel doesn't know how to do anything but attack her. But Nice Rachel is too um, scared to threaten to explode his brain. So you know. That's how right. it works. They do. It's so, like which, only true Rachel can fly in someone's <laughs> ear and threaten to explode their brain. It almost works. The idea of them having to work together because one can plan and one is aggressive. Mm-hmm. It like it's close, but it's it's not quite 
there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I agree. It is close. There's, it's very close to being something, and it like does I said, not quite. I think for me, I think it's just the idea that, like, she literally couldn't. I don't know. Both characters seemed a little too incapable <laughs> in different ways. I am kind of okay with that because they do describe it as being like they're missing part of their brain altogether. Yeah. Like they specifically yeah. say, like I started thinking this and it was like it just disappeared. Like I literally physically yeah. cannot function i'm kind of okay with it but like i see it the whole i'm not gonna say it's great <laughs> all right let's finish this book yeah all right so yeah the the anti-morphing ray nothing happened with that that's just that's what happened to uncle morphing ray <laughs> um anyway they do axis plan uh the two which basically the two rachels um acquire each other and then they start um, morphing into each other while holding hands as Eric um, electrocutes them back together or something. I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. It's basically this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and so they, they become one Rachel again. Kind of reminds me of when to become one. <laughs> Do you think you can acquire yourself and then morph yourself to heal your injuries? Like without <laughs> having to go through? That's a good question. Here's what think, I... Th- yeah. Yeah. yeah this no, is better than what I'm about to ask, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I mean, we're done with the book. I, I want to talk done, about... Yeah. yeah. What I thought was... I genuinely thought they were maybe going to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It makes it makes more sense than what they did, which which they do not even attempt to explain why this works to put them together again at the end. I mean, they don't even try. Yeah, they're just no. like Eric said, shock them, and then no, they I acquire think each other. It. Like Axe sure. was like, I, theoretically, oh, yeah. this should work because I know about morphing technology. It's like that's it. We're out. Whatever. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. To be um, fair, I mean, do you have a better suggestion? It it doesn't make any sense. Yes. The solution, okay. Well, I will get to that in a minute, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not done yet. The first thing, what I thought they were going to do now, and this this is too fucked up. I don't. This would the questions that this raises. Uh oh. <laughs> and they wouldn't do this. <laughs> they couldn't do this. But I thought maybe you know how when you go into an animal morph, like you also get that animal's instincts and behavior patterns. So I thought, like, if one Rachel acquires another and becomes a Nothlet of that Rachel, then technically they would both have the full Rachel inside of them, and then you just kill one of them. (laughs) Now you only have one Rachel. (laughs) Now they couldn't morph. That's the problem. And you also would have to murder a Rachel. But this now I, becomes the prestige. Basically. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't don't spoil the prestige. I really, yeah. really like the idea. That idea. That is a good idea. Well, because it, it, otherwise, why do they even acquire each other? I don't even. It doesn't. How does that? They have to be morphing into each other. <laughs> sure. When the electricity, you know, I don't know. Well, okay. So here's my, and this is. I, I don't have a direct solution for the way the Animorphs world works, but I have a solution that could have been implemented at a <laughs> broader level. 
Oh, I'll, actually, before I get to that, I do just want to say I I liked the la- the very end and the last line, which is um, Tobias says, "Let's go, Rachel. The two of you and the two of me," which is like you said, the, the parallel yeah. between them. It needed more unpacking. Yeah, it's there, but but yeah, but it's it's I like the line. <laughs> okay, I here is something that I I'm pretty sure I've said before, but maybe not since like the first season of the show. I think that morphing should not have been a technology. It should have been magic. It Andalites should have had an innate magical ability to morph and someone and somehow like a wizard, whatever. There is a wizard in the series. Or there's like a ritual you can do or something that they somebody comes up with that's hard to do that you can give someone else morphing power. Or it could still be a fucking cube, but it's a magic cube somehow. Whatever. But if you make it magic, in my opinion, it just erases so many conflicts that don't make sense. In a broad level, the fact that their clothes and hair can morph or the Z space you don't need any of that shit. You don't need mm-hmm. to try to explain that or make it make sense. On a specific level in this book, if it were if it's magic, it's so much easier for me to swallow. Oh, it split them in two in like cuz magic is like it works in weird metaphorical ways. It, it it has mysterious reasons for why it would split them in this way or that way that I can just understand and then you can again, they figured out a magic unmorph that did it as opposed to there is just no scientific explanation (laughs) that makes any of this work, which would be fine if they didn't devote so much time to talking about it as if it were a logical technology thing. Mm -hmm. But they are trying to convince me that it is, that it's technology that makes sense and it doesn't. And I I just think it should be sorcery (laughs) and it would be so much cleaner. The problem is that they kind of missed the boat on that, like because the whole well, rest yes, of the this series, would have to be book yeah, one. that would have to be I, book one, and then everything that's what else I'm saying. is different. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think at this point, it's just and again, and going back to that's why I maybe I think this works better in Buffy because it's in Buffy, it's magic, and yeah. you're not asking these questions. It just it just happens because it's fucking magic. <laughs> yeah, uh, although in some ways that does you know mean that it's kind of better if they don't explain it here because you you can kind of get to this point where you're like listen it it is technology we've established that it has to be but like it's not going to make sense and i'm not even going to try to explain it because if i try to explain it it's going to make it worse just fucking don't think about (laughs) it okay they explain it too much i know they do it's like the uncanny valley is the problem it's they yeah they give you just enough to make you go that doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah there should i I agree there should be fewer explanations in this book for or in all of these books across the series (laughs) yeah so that's my big bugaboo that's my rant about the overall like if i were rebooting animorphs today mm-hmm. page one it's fucking magic <laughs> and maybe people would maybe animorphs fans would hate that i don't know i mean i would hate that just because it it <laughs> changes everything else about the series just fundamentally i don't think it changes that much i there's really don't. no other magic anywhere in the series the elemist doesn't do magic <laughs> the elemist is a scientific phenomenon <laughs> Uh, is he? 
as listen as close as he can be. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll I'll reserve judgment until the Elemist Chronicles, I suppose. But that's fine. There can be we, Star Wars. You have science fiction and you have magic. What well, they can both coexist. It would be fine. Well, actually, it's they have the force. The midichlorians. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, but whatever yeah, or I, mean, you, I don't know but i because i just don't know how else you fucking resolve yeah. this there's no other way to uh, just yeah. don't mm. just don't resolve it <laughs> just don't think about it there's just two rachels now from now on <laughs> no no it gets fixed but we're not it's, it's just it's fixed okay this fixes it eric put super <laughs> science he did something it's fine don't worry about it they did a thing i'm really worried about it <laughs> All right. Now, all that said, mm-hmm. here's what I'll say. I it actually, it did actually surprise me a little bit when you said that this book was widely disliked. Mm-hmm. At least in uh, my experience, I don't know. But sure. In terms of you know, look. In spite of the last twenty minutes we spent tearing apart this ending, <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous, I, I think there are several books that are far worse than this. I would agree. I don't think this is the worst book so far. (laughs) In fact, now, while it doesn't nail the execution, as we have demonstrated over and over again in this episode, I really like the concept. Like I said, this is, this is my jam. This is the Mm -hmm. episode of a show that I get excited about. I, I think it's really fun in a way. Does it, like I said, could it potentially detract from the character in some way? Does it, is it done poorly sometimes? Yeah. But also another big point in its favor, never was I bored. And some of the Animorphs books are not only bad, but they are boring. Mm -hmm. And this was, even when it was maybe not great, it was not great in a funny, silly, crazy way. That, that was still compelling to me to read. So I could not dislike this book. I, I I actually, overall, my feelings towards it are very positive. <laughs> so, so All right. I, I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, okay. So, I mean, one thing that I do get with this book, and actually maybe this is a positive for you, is I, I kind of, especially when I look at this book and then look at her last book, the Helmicrons book, right? <laughs> I kind of I kind of get the sense that K. Applegate is maybe not taking this series very seriously. <laughs> right? There's like almost like because like you look at the books leading up to this, and I do think in addition, I, I like I said, I think the biggest complaint is that nice Rachel is not in Rachel. But mm-hmm. but I think another issue is that like you looked at the books leading up to this and you see like um you know, book book thirty-one really gets into, like, Jake's character with Tom and increase like, goes forward on that storyline. Book 30 pushes forward Marco's character with his mother. Book 29 pushes forward Cassie's character and the Yurk peace movement. Um, you know, 27, less so, but it's got, like, the Drode. 26 really push Like, we've got a lot of books that are really kind of, like, pushing the story forward. And this one here, like, you can say that it's... Uh, like examining Rachel's character and the darkness within her, but it really isn't. It's really, it's, I mean, I guess. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say that it is. <laughs> okay. But it, you know, it feels to me more like Kay Applegate is like, 
you know, she's saying, like I said before, she learned a fun fact about starfish. They regenerate. She's thinking about her favorite episodes of Buffy and, St- and Star Trek, and she's like, I want to do a story like that. What f- episodic franchises do I have that I could just write a book with that story and shove it in there? Because that's fun. It's fun. And it seems similar to the a similar idea with the Helmicrons, where it's like, oh, I got this idea for these little ant people. Let's just throw that in there. Um, and again, I like yeah. the Helmicrons for that. Well, Okay, and but, and yeah. I can see why just making a book that's like, you know, fun might be appealing. But I can also see why maybe, maybe fans who are trying to read along are like, okay, I wanted to do something. I don't want this anti-morphing race shit, which didn't go anywhere and wasn't anything, and then this dumb Rachel thing, which is stupid and doesn't make sense. I guess yeah. I think this is maybe the disconnect between me and the haters is I'm, I guess you know this is more of a character book than a plot book. You know, you may object to how well it defines the character, but for me, I like Rachel. I think that the dynamic, the inner dynamic of her versus herself is really interesting. And to have that explored in a whole book, I wish there were more books that did this kind of thing. I wish there was a whole book about Tobias. I mean, there kind of are, but I feel like most of the time they are – there's like 30% of the book is that and 70% is another bullshit Visser three plot of the week mm-hmm. or, a, or Eric, the Chi has some fucking shit. He's got to say, and yeah. I love that this book just goes all the way for it. And I think it's so much better for that. And the, I mean, the difference between this and the Helmicron's book is that the Helmicron's book had no defining character aspects whatsoever. It was completely devoid of any kind of attempt at character introspection or development. It had none of that. That is true. That is true. I have nothing like that to say about Helmicrons. Also, Helmicrons in the back third just literally fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and even, like, in this book, the ending is goes crazy, but that's, like, par for the course for Animorphs. The only thing that I really object to that keeps this from being a home run almost for me is the, the nice Rachel disconnect, but... You know, even that is still, I is still, it's still just interesting to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I, I it's fine to have you like you gotta have a funny light one once in a while. You don't want it all to be dour and upsetting. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like that's I mean, usually your position. Usually, I'm the one who hates on the like the goofy ones, but this is like the my yeah. kind of goofy no, that has I, an underlying goodness to it. Yeah, and I I don't think I am a hater for this book. I'm I'm clearly not as high on it as you yeah. are. But uh, but I don't think that I'm as low on it as what I normally hear, and and maybe that's maybe my experience is weird. It's not like I hang out on Animorphs forums or Reddit or whatever the fuck. So I don't actually. Uh, maybe maybe everyone will be like, "What are you talking about?" Everyone loves this, but uh, um, I don't know. I can you know, see if it. I, if I talk about like a or you're talking about like a character book as opposed to a plot book, I could compare this to last book which is, you know, the actual plot barely moves forward. It's a Jake character book. But Jake's, like, the plot of Jake's character is very much moved forward by it, whereas I feel like this book just kind of, like, it it takes Rachel's uh, character and uses it to, like, showcase this fun plot, but it doesn't really move Rachel's character forward itself. Um, Does that kind of make sense? That I Like, I I agree with you. It is a fun character book, but it doesn't. That is fair. It is the, uh, you know, Dan Harmon's uh, story circle. Google it. Just fucking Google it. <laughs> it always ends with 
uh, it's like his uh, like uh, outline for how your a TV episode should go, and it always ends with the character returns to the status quo having changed. Mm. And I suppose you could argue in this scenario, I but I guess the thing is. I don't I don't know what comes up next. So whether or not Rachel has changed as a result of this experience is still up in the air for me. Mm-hmm. The book ends rather abruptly, so you don't really get to find out if this made an impact on her going forward. Uh but yeah, yeah I mean I I guess I could see how it's not like yeah, I guess the last book for Jake, he he moves forward in a more obvious way. But I don't. Yeah, I, I still. I guess I just liked it as sort of a, an examination of what's going on inside of her, even if it doesn't necessarily change what's going on inside of her. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's but fair. That is what it is, man. The uh, the separation. It sure is. Uh, do we Not- want to do these references and hope to God we come in under three hours? <laughs> We're coming in under three hours. I'm speeding through these references. Jesus okay. Fuck. Jesus fuck this is the worst podcast (laughs) okay lions and tigers and bears and those are my friends you could put your timberlands and stomp a couple thousand of them on the sidewalk they're not E.T. Rachel got her sweater at Abercrombie Rachel shops the way Mozart could write music or Shakespeare could write words or with Will Smith can be all cute (laughs) pretty good one a quick stop oh Oh, sorry about that. At Abercrombie and Fitch, a quick stop at Lady Footlocker, Body Shop, The Limited, Aunt Anne's. My book said Aunt Anne's. Soft, think, soft pretzel. Does it say Aunt Annie's? I have Aunt Annie's written. I'm pretty sure that's because that's what it said. But Well, both whatever, are wrong. So They're both wrong either way. <laughs> uh, no butter, but lots of salt is how she gets her pretzel, by the way. I, I don't know. No butter? That's kind of fucked up. What are you going to Aunt Anne's for? Um... She sits on a bench outside Baby Gap. Uh, She cuts into Williams-Sonoma, where she cuts a girl. What are you going to do, little J. Crew girl? The bully calls her. The Chicago Cubs don't win the World Series. Scully never, ever believes Mulder. And, I don't know, something else, Marco says. Rachel doesn't Uh, cry, I think. Yeah, Rachel doesn't cry. I I don't know if you count this. I I guess I'm counting it. Like, he just spotted the Holy Grail sitting on top of the Golden Fleece. Those are references. Yeah. Those are man. Yeah, I have that. Uh, she was so like L.L. Bean meets Timberland by way of a Harley Davidson rally. <laughs> oh, another very funny Marco line. Eric's like, what's going on with two Rachels? He says, we're filming a double mint gum commercial later. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is funny. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, sure not Mary Kate and Ashley. We also get a couple other Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hydes later. Uh, back in his old Gandhi, Martin Luther King, give peace a chance mode. Rachel says about Tobias, I believe. Is that right? Uh, I don't remember. Or no, oh no, Eric, Eric, Eric. Cause yeah, he's a pacifist, okay, yeah. right. which I think is funny. Cause she is indirectly, um, saying that she disagrees with Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. There. <laughs> She's just like fucking, fucking Martin Luther King over here. Jesus Christ. Um, I had like goosebumps, Rachel says. Marco says, I used to read those books. I'm pretty sure they're still in print, Marco. I think you're the age range, so I don't know. Get off your high horse, buddy. <laughs> Probably got one under your bed right now at home. Uh, as excited as if she just answered correctly on Final Jeopardy. Weird one. They reference mi- a mystify your mind screensavers, which uh, if you look up, that's the old screensavers that had like lines of rainbow light that's sort of in a, like a spectro pattern 
that moved around the screen. I don't know. Um, I hit some stupid Volkswagen, big Peterbilt engine, a Mercedes convertible. I took two Motrin for my headache, twin lines of Lazy Boys, a small mountain of bags of Doritos, Fritos, and Tostitos. <laughs> you could do like a, like a weird, like the Pokemon, Weird Al's Pokemon, or it fits mm-hmm. in all the Pokemon names. You do one for all the references from an Animorphs book. <laughs> okay. It's the Every ultimate Jerry's. It's the ultimate Jerry Springer. I should, that's how we should be doing these, like a poke rap at the end of the episode. All right, kids, listen up. Abercrombie, E.T., Mozart, Shakespeare. Okay. Next week. Um, who is number six? The psycho killer or baby spice here? Right, there's a six Animorph. And here is where we get, again, a direct reference. Now, Marco says Nice Rachel is like baby spice, not posh spice, which is – and I think that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah, she, that is the problem. Is, she, right, it's illustrated right there. It should be posh spice, and it's baby yep. spice. You're right. It looked like someone had taken a Barbie doll and a Beast Wars Transformer and melted them together in the microwave. I was taken aback by the specificity of it's a Beast Wars Transformer. I didn't. I don't know that I ever thought they would reference Beast Wars. Although you'd think, <laughs> I think we. I think we gotta. Now that I think of it, that has to go on our Patreon. There has right. to be Beast Wars. You're right. Okay. Put some Beast They're Wars They're robots that turn into animals. I mean, yeah. that's maybe the closest parallel we've got so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and, yes. Oh, do you have more? <laughs> I have one more. Okay. I know why you didn't write it down. It's like when you go to the dentist and they give you Novocaine. Oh, okay, still yeah. capitalized, still a trademark. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. So if anyone out there is interested in hearing us talk about uh, Beast Wars or probably other stuff first, uh, you, you can find us at uh, patreon.com slash the Yerky Boys. Yeah, you'll also get the full-length version of the parody song. And this week we're going to be talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1956 film. Only five bucks a month. Cheap. Yeah, you can you can also email us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com, uh, if you want to ask us or tell us something or tell us something. And you can follow me on my website, jonathanesses.com, to check out all my stuff. Hooray. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Book 33, The Illusion, in which Tobias turns into an Andalite on the Yerky Boys. What the fuck?